But when I saw this, the setup for that, I went, well, that looks very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, here, let's have a fucking drag race and you don't know where the end is yeah. and it's a wall. Yeah. I think, did I say this to you last time I was here about, about those three? That they, what they don't get enough credit for is how brave they are. I uh, mean, brave yeah. slash stupid, but yeah. brave, I wouldn't do things like that personally. I would kind of go, hmm. This looks sketchy. Let's yeah. not do it. But they just go, yeah, okay. Do you think it would make good TV? Let's do it. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Smoke Tire Podcast. If this sounds a little weird, it's because I'm recording it from gate E8 in Atlanta Hartsfield International Airport on my way to Spain to drive the new Audi R8. This week's shows are brought to you in part by Manscaped. You know what Manscaped is about. It's about taking care of your bits. It's never too early to play holiday music, and it's never too early to start thinking about gifts for yourself or gifts for the man in your life or gifts for a friend or for the friends in your pants. You can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the lawnmower 4.0 to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. Then add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, and so should you. Look nice when you get naughty and get free shipping and 20% off by going to manscaped.com slash tire the manscape premium platinum package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all it's got everything you need to help you deck the halls from face to balls in time for mistletoe season i don't know what the manscaped people are paying their script writers but it is not enough these people have really got their metaphors on lock smelling good feeling good they describe your groomed candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Package's shower products. And all of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. For the perfect stocking stuffer, add in the brand new Body Buffer, an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy and a lot cleaner than that old loofah. So get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash tire. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash tire. At Manscaped, you can get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. That is right. We're also brought to you by Off the Record. We love Off the Record. You should never, ever plead guilty to a moving violation because no matter where you are in the United States of America, Off the Record has your back. They will connect you with a qualified attorney who will fight that ticket on your behalf for a very reasonable fee. And using our code, you get 10% off that. They have an amazing success rate. And if they don't win and get those points off your record, money back guarantee. The ticket getting ecosystem it involves the police, it involves the courts, it involves the insurance company. It's not about safety. It's about generating money at your expense, people. So use offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 on the Off The Record app and exit that ecosystem. It is going to be a rough couple of years if you get tickets and plead guilty to them because your insurance premiums will go up. 
You get those points on your record. You might lose your license. You might lose your livelihood, your way to get around as a result of that. But off the record gets the points off your record, keeping you safe, clean, and driving uh, without worry. I've used off the record personally a whole bunch of times, and so many of you out there have used off the record and sent me emails or DMs on social media telling me how great it was and how well it worked for you, how happy you are to not have those points on your record as the result of a bullshit ticket. So go to offtherecord.com slash TST or use code TST10 in the Off the Record app. And of course, Patreon, the best website in the world. If you want to enhance your Smoking Tire podcast experience, of course, patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast is the place to do it. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get access to our live stream as well as asking questions uh, to our guests or to Zach and myself for the crew shows. For just a couple of dollars a month more, you can get an ad free listening experience and not have to listen to me read these ads at all. And the top level, the pro driver level, you get the show the same day. It's re- uh, recorded and not have to wait until the Tuesday, Thursday schedule. Get it in advance, plus an extra ninth podcast every month. You could support the show and get a little extra value in your smoking tire experience by going to patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast. I, yes. I don't know what time or day it is at the moment. I'm so, it's so fucking weird. Let's see, I can't work out clockwise. Anthony. Yeah, right. <laughs> you noticed that I was struggling there. Bro, I, I've been, I can't do I've that. Been ac- I've been across uh, nine time zones. I was going to say, this is like a, co- a jet lag contest now. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> I've, had, I've been on three trips in the last 10 days. Oh. So stupid. Oh. It's my own fault. Okay. I'm an idiot. I shouldn't be doing this kind of stuff. There's uh, no fucking yeah. money in it. It's all frustration. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not trying to do one-upmanship, but I had to get up. At what time did we? Our call time yesterday was five thirty. So like, to do what? Uh, we just had to go and do some stuff in a studio. That, oh, uh, but, uh, right. It's, uh, so you're actually working on this trip? No. <laughs> <laughs> Taking meetings. Oh, okay. But um, is it yeah. Grand Tour stuff or is it? No, no. This um, is something else. This okay. just, and then of course it's the LA show, so you know it's a good opportunity just to come and see and catch up with some people. Last night. I ended up going for dinner with some people. It was, it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> Three Brits, people I know from back home. Uh-huh. And then one of them uh, is a guy called Andrew Roberts, who's now the comms boss for Hind Ikea okay. out in Seoul. Uh, and he's been in PR for years, and I know him from when he was PR at Mercedes UK. He then said, oh, uh, Simon Lowesby, their sort of second-in-command designer, the guy who did that new Ionic 6. Oh, yeah. He's going to join us. He's also British. Okay. But Simon arrived with his translator. And we were like... So Andrew said, yeah, Simon's coming with his translator. And we were like, Simon, we all speak English. (laughs) But this poor Korean woman, and she must have been like 25 or something... And she had to sit with this bunch of middle-aged old British farts and oh, listen to man. us going, hey, do you know who died recently? I was just like, <laughs> I, was just, I was thinking, I feel so sorry for you. But also, your one job is redundant because yeah, we're yeah. all talking the same yeah, language. Yeah. Like, there's no Korean going on here. It's yeah, funny to have a translator in America. It's not the job I Yeah, I guess because they, well, I don't know. Well, they probably had a bunch of people coming in from yeah, other places. Yeah, and then he was flying and, back to Seoul. Right, 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 right. So I guess that he he has her for, you know. When I he, guess she has a job when he's over there. That's Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He doesn't speak Korean, but he said that, you know, he's he's 
it used to having to be a pain in the ass to the engineers and explain yeah, to them, yeah. no, it needs to look like this, so please re-engineer your... Yeah. HVAC. Well, they've got some. Did you see that Genesis concept? Yeah. Did you do, yeah. Did you do that thing? No, no. I Is Hyundai Kia not Genesis? Uh, I don't know, actually. No, I'm not sure. Genesis, that Genesis convertible thing is hot. They yeah, just launched it, like, crunching. on the beach in Malibu. They, mm. like, did the so, whole thing where they pack it in a carton and then drop the sides of the carton. Mm. It was very cheeky. Look mm. at that thing. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you start at the axles. Only in between the axles, what you have is an S-Class convertible, mm-hmm. pretty much, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of the same bowline at the top. Yeah. Like yeah. But it's now, nice, though. I, I'm going to guess that in real life, that car is absolutely massive. Isn't it, it probably is. I didn't see it because I was in fucking Espana, but everyone who saw yeah, it, I mean, that, that is huge. A, that is a good-looking car. car. That's like a sort of 60s land yacht. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the personal the luxury coupe has returned. <laughs> <laughs> That's Someone told me, a car designer told me years ago, that concepts generally are built oversized because it makes them look more impressive on uh-huh, the show stand under uh-huh. the bright light, so they're deliberately... 110% scale. 110%. Well, it's probably not. It's probably like 104%. Or so yeah. It's enough that you get that impressiveness, but the downside is if you know you then have the production car coming it will look a bit weedy when it arrives well they also it, put like 23 inch wheels yeah, on them yeah, yeah, and then yeah. when you put the production wheels it's yeah. like wah wah yeah, yeah. That's, that's been the folly of Lincoln over and over and over Lincoln puts fucking these banger rims on all their yeah. concepts and then the ones that the uh, Uber drivers buy on the 16s are like, oh, wah, wah. This is one of those things where car designers, you get them talking about the small wheels and they get they get very angry. But um, a designer once told me that, that he was so determined that, like, for some reason, you know, marketing or probably actually uh, the accountants went, no, the base model must have small rims, whatever that was, 16s or something. Uh-huh. And so early in the conceptualizing the car, he went, I'm going to get this designer to do the small wheels. And someone in management went, I thought you said he was no good. Exactly. <laughs> They're going to look so shit, no one will dare spec them. But then that backfires because, of course, I don't know what it's like here, but, you know, w- uh, until recently when borrowing was cheap, everybody's just leasing their cars. Yeah, yeah. And if you add options, it suddenly your lease becomes a lot less attractive. So there's loads of Howdies and things running around the UK with these khaki tiny wheels yeah, on yeah, because yeah. somebody's gone shit for 240 quid a month I can have an Audi well yeah. I'm doing that but it's an Audi but on these like, like the casters it's just, just yeah, scuttling yeah. around like a badger with tiny little yeah. legs beneath it so. well our, you know we're so bad at infrastructure here that like you have to you want you need some sidewalls so like yeah, yeah. otherwise the car is just going to ride like shit mm. people are bending wheels I mean I got a lift over here in a um, KN GTS oh yeah and the guy who was driving it actually apologized to me for, for the, the state ride. of the roads and the ride. He went, I'm sorry, it's a little bumpy. And I was like, no, mate, I mean, you didn't set up this car and you didn't make these streets, but they are. Yeah. What's going on in LA? It feels like everything's sort of a bit, getting a bit kind of, I don't know, what? raggedy and everything's coming apart at the seams. Oh, well, our infrastructure is horrible. Yeah. But it's, I mean, you know, I know, I know this city a little bit because we come here because my wife's American but I, I, it feels like it's got worse since the last time I was here which was pre-COVID so three years ago um, well it's not it's better than the bottom right <laughs> like the worst you know it, the worst it was was like beginning to middle of 21 oh right that was then it got pretty bad now okay. it's now it's sort of on the on the upswing I think I don't know uh, I mean, just the city as a whole. You mean the roads specifically? Well, no. The ro- I mean, the roads have never been great, and I'm, yeah. I'm not one to talk because the roads in the UK are crap as well, and we don't have the excuse of earthquakes and things. Yeah. But um, no, it's just sort of the general kind of. I mean, the, obviously, the 
not to get too serious and not Kari, but like the homelessness problem here is 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 so conspicuous now. And and yeah. sure, it's like like just coming down here, you can see all those sort of tented villages and things. Yeah, like that, which I didn't notice last time so much. Well, they 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 might have just been in different places. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, the the we talk about this a lot. One of the problems is like L.A. is not homogenous. Mm. Like there's. There's cities within L.A. Yeah. and different, like, districts, and they deal with the, the issues in different ways. Mm. And some some areas um, do a pretty decent job of helping to get people into temporary and then permanent yeah. housing. Other areas prefer to squeeze the water balloon yeah, yeah. and say, you know, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so – and the problem is the borders between those – those types of areas are are very loosely defined, and yeah. so in some cases you can have. There's a very there's a pretty well known highway underpass not far from here, yeah. where the north side of the street is one district and the south side uh, of the street okay. is another. Yeah, and it's like literally you know spotless and then dead yeah. city. Yeah, and so it's um, and and you have a lot of um, what they call NIMBYism yes. here in L.A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that—that's the fault of a lot of a lot of things. It's not necessarily one individual person, but mm. but a lot of the middle class have their their net worth is tied up in the value of their home. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so you know, if you can if you can see somebody in a tent from your front porch, mm. you know, your house is worth a couple hundred grand less, and you know, it's it's causing a lot of sort of edginess of well, we want to help people, but we. We, the value of our home is like everything we have. And so yeah. there's this real kind of tension about it. And mm. with so many people, um, uh, it's it's just it's a very complicated issue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I don't know. I think also I was slightly rattled by the fact that because I was staying downtown and the last few years when I've been coming here pre-COVID, you know, it's like downtown was the new growth area. Right, it's right, like, right. Oh, it's very shishy now. Yeah, it's a nice couple steps back. Yeah, so... Um, the first night I was here, somebody was stabbed outside our hotel, pretty much. Sweet. And wow. that's, uh, I was a bit like, I can get stabbings at home. I want a good old-fashioned right. American they, shooting. Did, did, it had, turns out there was one of those as well. Had they so. written, like, a bad car review? Yeah, it was, <laughs> no, it was actually a journalist just complaining about the shrimp. Yeah. They just took it out on the PR in the way they knew, with a, with a branded pen, yeah, just yeah. Boom, through the heart. It's um, yeah, no, it's a they bit were like stabbed by a fucking Nissan <laughs> yeah, pen, <laughs> and I want that back as well. I'm taking it home with me with my notebook that I've got for free. Yeah, so that was yeah, a bit no, like what outside the oh god, because I was going to go. It's a bit uh, for a run. transitional. Yes, but yeah. I brought my running shoes because I kind of got big into running during lockdowns yeah. and things, and I was like, and I love purely being a dick about this. By the way, I I love going for a run in unfamiliar and possibly quite glamorous places because then it shows up on Strava so my friends on Strava see I've only got three friends on Strava <laughs> that's hilarious but it was one of my friends who glamorous uh, downtown do you make Los routes Angeles? that well, are like the know, shape so of a cock and balls like some no I, I always wanted to do that because we just we moved out of London this year but in my old neighbourhood in London though, you know the streets are quite tightly packed and I always used to think but for a little deviation here I reckon I could make a pretty, yeah. a pretty decent bell end out of this but I never quite got it right uh, but yeah, one of my friends, he because of his work, sometimes I'll look at Strava and I'll be like, the bastard's running around Paris. Yeah, yeah. Now he's in Copenhagen. What the fuck? And so I like to, when I go somewhere, I like to not tell him I'm going there and then just leave on Strava so he can go, 
you're in LA. What the fuck? And so yeah. I was like, I'm well, you should. You, I mean, you can do that. I can. But you just everybody don't told have... me not to run around downtown. So. No, I mean, look. Yeah, yeah. you should pick Rodeo Drive or Beverly Yeah, I would, I would pick somewhere yeah. a little yeah. more glamorous to, yeah. to show off on your Strava map. Well, but if I like, had a car here, I would have gone to the beach or something. But, like, but... yeah. Downtown is not. Row, don't be scared of downtown. It's not like just because, like, one person got stabbed. Oh, just just one stabbing, Richard. Don't be so sensitive. Well, you know. You're already wearing running shoes. Well, this is. I thought on the way it yeah. might focus the minds, but the trouble is also you know not to be too crude about it. That if you're running, I run with my phone because particularly in an unfamiliar place, you want to, yeah. you, know, you can have a map pull up sure. and get lost. So phone, AirPods, and I've got an Apple Watch. So you're running around with like over a thousand quid's worth of hardware. Right. So you are a juicy target if somebody just went like this guy I'm gonna but you're not you're not it's not like you're running with a Richard meal you know like everybody has a phone oh, no, I, do. I use it you to time myself also, yeah yeah yes. Uh, but I, I I hear you. I know what you mean. Maybe I just get. Maybe I'm overly defensive about my city, yeah, or maybe yeah, it's because I read a lot of the actual statistics. Mm. I just went on a, a, a. I went to a watch gathering, which okay. I. In general, I'm a little iffy on that kind of stuff, but I am an enthusiast. So mm, yeah. this person invited me, and 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 I hadn't been to one in a while, and and, and they were like, I'm catering it with all this awesome sushi and wine, and I was like, oh, all right. Fine. But, um, and actually, I drummed up some business for the shop there. So it was a good quality a marketing expense. But, um, you know, I had I had a bunch of these. I, I met, I, I was talking to a guy who is a watch dealer mm. who brought so many watches to this event that he had a security guard oh, with the case. Jeez. I mean, it was, it was like that. And, like, if you're a watch dealer, like... You know, you could carry around a million dollars of watches in a case, and it wouldn't be that hard. Yeah. You know, like, uh, it's hoity-toity, but, like, no, they're fucking a, small, a, and sometimes a, they're really expensive. So, yeah. so this guy brought a case with a security guard, and, and he's like, dude, fucking... L.A. is crazy. Like, I know, like, 10 people who've been robbed. It's like, well, your sample size is a very specific subset of person yeah. that's buying this really crazy shit yes. in a specific area, you know, and the I overall... I can't believe these people I know with this extremely conspicuous high-value <laughs> item that's visible on the person. Again, right, and easy to, easy to hide once you have taken it from somebody. Yeah, well, exactly. You know? like stealing a car is hard, isn't it? Because there's a lot of Right, and, and, and then also, it's... like, because of Instagram, yeah. you know, a lot of people that... that might want to fucking rob you, like know what you've got. Yeah. That's how you shop online as a robber. You just yeah. look at Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, it's just like, 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 oh, yeah. I noticed their house looks pretty nice. Off. Yeah. Why that Which club are they at right now? Oh, okay. So I mean, I you know, I just to me, I'm like, I, I always am trying to like set the record sort of straight on the actual numbers versus the. Because so many people bring, like, the anecdotal. Yeah. Oh, I know a guy who got robbed. Yeah. I saw a guy get robbed. And it's like, okay. Oh, we saw there was a guy on the news yeah. who got fucking carjacked for his Ferrari. Mm. You can't go anywhere anymore. It's like, well, is that actually reflective of the true danger of the situation? Yeah. Well, that's why yeah. I pulled up that LA Times article that said the homeless population has only grown 4%. In the last two years during COVID, where yeah. I think anecdotally what everyone's saying is like, oh, my God, it's blowing. It's just huge. It looks like it's doubling. And part of that is 
during pandemic, they stopped arresting people and breaking down camps because they didn't want to put people in jail where they could get sick. Okay. And, and the police officers didn't want to go into a camp and possibly get sick themselves. Yeah. So I think there was just less enforcement for a long time. Mm. So people were able to just build a village that they knew wasn't going to get uh, touched or taken down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to their credit, I have seen some creative infrastructure. Absolutely, yeah, I know. I mean, it's an awful thing to say because these people are, 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 are presumably you know pretty much rock bottom. But you sometimes yeah. go, that looks cozy. <laughs> I like that. If I was a kid, particularly, you'd go, wow, little you base. Built, you have built a fort. Yeah. It's because the poor people don't have a home. But anyway, no, it, it, I'm, I'm, uh, you know. I'm I'm more sympathetic towards the people without a home than I am towards the people complaining about yeah, them in yeah. general. No, I did. Um, I was talking about this with a group of people a couple of days ago, and someone did go. And in some areas, they're feeding them, and it's like as if you were talking about rats. And I was going, "Fuck's sake! These are human yeah. beings." And that's yeah. not an uncommon, you know, perception. Yeah. And I don't think people even really understand what they're saying when no, they when no, they're no, saying they it. You know. But anyway. Cars. Yes. One thing <laughs> a new paragraph. Quick. No, look, we talk about this kind of shit all the time. It's not. Uh, I it's know, not. A, I know. It's not a verboten topic on this show. I was going to say because get... the last time I was here, I think well, we we did sort of meander off into watches, and I was going to say, see, I, this, I know this is an Apple Watch, but what this is also that's the Ultra. Ultra. This is the Ultra. Apple Watch Ultra. It's very good, but if this is also liberation from watch people. Oh yeah. I'm selling my watches. I'm selling most Are of my you? old mechanical mm. watches. I just I don't know. I just decided but it's partly because it's a fitness thing and I my wife and I getting quite competitive. So I started <clears> wearing <throat> my old Apple Watch all the time yeah. just for working out. Move the mic closer to you. You're Sorry. Fucking, you've really well, hovered I'm, away. I'm move myself closer back, to the mic. Bring it, yeah, but bring it to you. Uh, but yeah, I was when the Ultra came along, I was a sucker for that because I was like I'm just going to flog a load of mechanical stuff and then I can justify that this is a little more pricey, but it's certainly less than I don't want my wrist to fucking vibrate with text messages. You can turn that off. Well, then why do I have the fancy watch? What I really want is the fitness sensor that's yes. stuck to the back of that yeah. that I can somehow affix to the to, back of yes. my mechanical watch, yeah. and then I can get the fitness benefits that will then go to my phone. Yeah. That's a that, good invention. That's it's I think kind of right now. Make it's copywritten. As no, no. Yes. Someone has people have tried to do it. Mm. They haven't made them thin enough on their okay. own mm -hmm. where they because when they're attached to the the power supply and the brain of the rest mm. of the watch, the sensor can be a little thinner. But when it's it's a standalone unit. Yeah. They haven't quite gotten it. To, but, like, that's the shit I want. Yeah, yeah. I and when that, that comes out, I'm I'm doing that. Mm. That or I might end up double wristing with the Fitbit thing. Watch me now segue back into cars. Go ahead. I sold a watch a few weeks ago. Uh -huh. I used the money to buy a car. Is that what you bought that Fiat Panda yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. So I sold a watch, and then that allowed me, in man maths, to go, well, this is a zero-sum game. This is the same. So I'm buying a car. But I bought it while my wife was in the U.S. for 10 days on business, and she came back, and I still didn't tell her. This is where it went oh, very wrong. Oh, no. Because I thought, I won't tell her while she's awake. She's got a lot on. She's doing a lot of important work stuff. But when she comes back, I'll just casually mention it. It'll be fine. But then she came back, and never, there was never an opportune moment. And then she just found the keys. She went, why are there small Fiat keys in? I'll drop. Why is there an old Fiat parked outside that? What have you fucking done? I was like, uh, well, I just kind of bought an old Fiat. And it's, Has she uh, driven it yet? No. Okay. She almost refuses to on the point of principle. But I'm hoping. But did you tell her that the man math said it didn't cost anything? I did. And she, how did she take that? Well, she, you see, we've just moved house and we need to do stuff to our new house. Oh, shit. And we have, for example, just had some new curtains made for a couple of the rooms. I don't know if you've ever had curtains made. They're expensive. Oh, my God. They're really expensive. So what she's thinking is, now bear in mind, you know, this, this, this fear was 
couple of thousand pounds. Yeah. But that could have bought some more curtains <laughs> in her head. So that's why she's sort of a bit salty about it. Yeah. It's also because we now have uh, four cars. But man math says if you trade, a, if you sell a watch to buy curtains, that that's, is not I equal. know. I enjoy the new equal. curtains, by the way, for the record, yeah. and if you're listening. Man wife, math, you have to turn a machine into another machine. Exactly. Mechanical yeah, yeah. for mechanical, <laughs> yeah. not fabric. You don't want mechanical yeah. for fabric. That makes no sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's fine, and it's a nice and Are they like car, old so. school, cur- like 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 drapes? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, okay. yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yes, you'd say drapes. Like, no, no, like no. no. Cur- well, here, there's, but, you know, curtains could be like some crazy shit. I don't know. Oh, no. they just some fucking baller curtains, like cashmere or something. No, they're... I don't know. I mean, I assume for the price they cost, they're made of fucking gold, but it seems not. They're just cotton or something. Dude, wool, we had know. custom screens made for our new house because screens like like, like, like bug screens. Okay, yeah, like yeah. and and they're they're really really cool. Mm. Like they're not regular screens. Like they 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 open and close. Like they roll up and and come oh. down. And they're for big openings, like yeah. for our for like the back door and our front door and everything. Yeah, and. Man mm. math. There's no man math that would justify. But no. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that and. Uh, so what? It's a, you said it's a panda with the biggest motor that you could get in a panda. Is that? Yeah. So for people who I presume a lot of your audience. And what year is it? It's uh, 2007. That's so funny. You said old Fiat, and my I really pictured something from like the 80s. No, 2007 I mean, doesn't sound old to me. I know, but it's weird, isn't it? Because that is actually it's old now. 15, it's a 15 years, years ago. Old. Which yeah, is yeah. Um, I don't know. I I mean, you know, the older you get, the more that sort of you. you what is a 2007 Panda, Zach? So, is that 2007 Fiat Panda, 100 horsepower, so 100 HP. Um, and that's the biggest motor. Yeah, so What's tiny, tiny car. Oh, they did a. Uh, let me think. Oh, we? yeah. There you go. So, that's, so you see, now, if you look at the picture, uh, sort of the third column, and then there's, see that one where it's got pumped up arches and that grid, there's the. The 100 horsepower is the one with the sort of Audi-esque grille and arch extensions. Oh, on the top, right? The, yeah, top. So you see the orange one on the top and then the one mm. to the left of it. There you go. That's 100 horsepower. Oh, yeah. Bada boom. You see Molto Bene. Look <laughs> at that little. <laughs> it's, so, it's, so it's like a fridge, but they put arch extensions on a fridge. It's just, and mine's black and it's just, it's sweet, but also it's like a little like terrier. It's a wide body. But they got, so the, the next model up in the Fiat range was the Punto, a slightly uh-huh. larger hatchback. So they took an engine from the Punto, essentially, and crammed it into the Panda. Nice. Like some kind of Frankenstein So is it like a 1.2 or it's something? It's a 1.4, so. Ooh. 100 horsepower. I think it's actually 99, if you're being picky. But it's... Um, what what it's, drew you to this? Why? Why? They're just fun. I just, so what, it's, uh, I, now this is part of how I justified it to my wife, and she went, what? Um, I just want to zoom about. I just want something to zoom about because our, our family car is a Range Rover, which is wonderful, but it doesn't yeah. zoom. No, it does it, not it zoom. It cruises. It, it and glides. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted something small with a manual gearbox. Sure. Because uh, our small car, we do have a small car. We have something called a Volkswagen E-Up, which is a little electric car. Oh, yeah. But of course, electric, no gears. And I just miss changing gear. Sure. And so... I thought, now, how can I get into it? And I just suddenly, it popped into my head, and I was like, I've got a craving for it. I mean, the math, you could have bought a fucking 911 or something. The math is... Well, I just <laughs> sold a 911, you see, so... Oh, I, did you? Yeah, we too, um, yes. To buy more curtains? Basically, well, to buy the house, <laughs> if I'm honest, because um, there's a thing in the UK called stamp duty, which is essentially a tax on uh-huh. buying a new house, and uh, it's quite... It's a one-timer? Yeah, but it's yeah. a percentage of the value of the house. Right, right. It's very ouchy, and you're just handing... This but not every year, just once. Just once. Just okay. upon completion of your purchase mm-hmm. of the house, you mm-hmm. have to give the government a bunch of money. And to make that feasible, 
um, the Porsche had to go. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, my, it's unfortunate for my wife. Um, I might give the impression she doesn't like cars, and she does like cars, and she loved that Porsche, and she basically commandeered it, and it became her car, and she was commuting in it and stuff. <laughs> and then, but she's also, you know, sensible, and she went. Because we were going, how are we going to afford this and not, you know, yeah. saddle ourselves with more debt than we should? Well, there's some <laughs> money sitting outside in basalt black with black leather, and uh, we could do that. And I was like, I can't believe I'm saying that. And she went, I can't believe it either. I thought you'd never sell that. Yeah. I also have an old, I have a Land Rover Defender, one of the last of the old shaped Defenders. Sure. Uh, that I've had from new. Because she went, well, actually, like you know. Like 90s? Uh, no. So they, the last year of production was 2015. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. Actually, it wasn't. Good fact. This is one of the last ones, the heritage ones that came uh-huh. in that light green, sort of very kind of retro-y looking. They have a plaque on them that says Land Rover 1948-2015. Uh-huh. And that's supposed to commemorate the production run of the... There you go, that's it. Uh, mine's the 90, the shorty one. Um, and actually, classic Land Rover style, there was so much demand, they kept making them into 2016, so it has a factually inaccurate plaque on it. It's just fantastically <laughs> Land rover thing to do. That's but, the most Land Rover yeah. thing ever. And then the, and by 2015, they put like a somewhat modern like dashboard in it, right? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. People are always amazed when I go, look, it's got electric windows. Yeah, what? yeah. Yeah, so it's, that's it. There you go, see? Yeah, Lovely. they were using these it's as uh, cool. hotel cars when I was in Scotland two months ago. Okay. They had like yeah. really nice, like juiced up ones with custom tweed oh, really? interiors and right, stuff. Right. Yeah, okay. it was a big, Good. big deal. Yeah, sweet, sweet car. But um, I can't remember what I was saying now. Oh, yeah, so my, my wife went, well, you know, we could always send, sell the Land Rover as well. I was like, no, we're not selling Land Rover. Heresy! There's a line here and you've just crossed it, lady. <laughs> but the 911 went, but then we, so we, we sold the Porsche. This is very boring. Just like, come and talk right. about your personal finances, Richard. But so we sold the Porsche because we wanted to buy this lovely house that we found. And um, when the man who bought the Porsche came to collect it, uh, my wife was in our bedroom, which is the front of our old house, uh-huh. uh, looking out onto the street. And she watched him drive away. And then she burst into tears oh, and no. collapsed onto the bed and did like a toddler, kind of oh, like kicked no. her legs around a bit. And I was like, I, I've never seen you behave like this about any material thing. But she's <sighs> like, say, I love that car. You can Shit. sell some curtains to get a new one. Yeah, well, this is it now. We can just, you know, we'll never sleep because it'd be too bright in the house, but we could have a 911. She has, I mean, I think genuinely it's, she is covertly plotting how she can get another one. because Maybe she, she will. Her. Except that she now runs a natural history company makes films about animals. Oh, okay. So she works with a lot of very ecologically aware mm-hmm. people, and she drives to the office every day in this little electric car, and that's a good look. Yeah. And she was like, I'm never going to tell them that I used to commute to my old job in a Porsche because that would sound bad. Yeah, but, well, but it's an opportunity was, to educate well, that keeping a 20-year-old car... Going, yes. Yeah, that there's manufacturing costs yeah. involved and you didn't have to mine the lithium from yeah. fucking Bolivia or yeah. something. Well, that's it. I feel quite virtuous now because we have, I mean, admittedly unnecessary cars, but, but like, our... Two of our cars. The Range Rover is is twelve years old. Yeah, and the Panda keeping is an old car running is good. That is, there's that, different data about this. You might have noticed, and it, you can kind of cut the cake different ways to support whatever argument you want. But I think in general, yes, if you you're not making, I mean, the energy that a car factory consumes yeah, alone yeah, yeah. is extraordinary, isn't and it? And I was it? just uh, where was I? Um, I was in, is it, yeah, where was I? <laughs> That's the right question. <laughs> I was talking to someone who now works I? at Audi but used to work for ZF Transmissions. Oh, yeah, ZF. Yeah. And the, he told me one of the wildest things. He said, uh, ZF made transmissions in America and they made transmissions in Germany. Yeah. 
and the transmissions they made in Germany went in the American cars. What? And the transmissions they made in America oh went in the German cars. And, he, they, <laughs> and yes. because of because of contracts and negotiations in place and all this stuff, they could have put the American trucks or the American uh, transmissions in a truck and driven them 10 miles up the road oh to where gosh. the cars were built that they went in. But no. Those cars got transmissions from Germany, and these, and they were the same fucking wow. transmissions. That's insane. Isn't that wild? It's. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I sort of imagine a lot of that goes on, though. The sort of logistical. Yeah. Or what was that story about? There the, was something about Prius Priuses that had to get. I think they've solved this by now. But at some point, there were hybrid cars that had to be shipped across the ocean twice. Yeah, you know, it's just shit like that. Wasn't there something about the the lithium had to come from somewhere to a place where it was processed, put into the battery, the battery went to the factory, but then it had to be something had to be done to it, which meant it had to go somewhere else and yeah. then come back. So there yeah. was something I seem to remember reading. There was also the carbon roof on the one of the nine eleven GT threes or twos not this generation probably the last one mm -hmm. had an incredibly circuitous journey around the world I think it's where <laughs> could, for, for some reason like one place made it but couldn't cut it <laughs> so it had to travel around the world to be cut and then go to go Germany back, to be fitted yeah. to the car and you just went that's a lot of carbon in that roof not you know not as well as literally but the carbon cost of yeah that yeah is, the offset is but then again you know they're making a few hundred of those so it's sort of in the general scheme and uh, the and when I when I expressed my horror at hearing this story about the transmission he's like he's like I could sit here and give you 30 more examples mm of stuff that has to be shipped really, really far, you know, to make, to make cars. And yeah. so, so I, I mean, I, and I, and I know that like, you know, fucking when I remember in that episode of Top Gear, when Clarkson had that guy, C6 Steve, Remember yes. that guy, yeah, yeah, C6 yeah. Steve? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I drive a car from the 50s, and it's cleaner than buying any new car. Mm. And he was like, yes, that makes sense. Yeah. And it, it, the math was done out on it. It didn't quite make sense to do yeah. it from the 50s. But if you're talking about an 07 Panda, yes, it does actually it's, make sense to keep yeah, that type of thing I, I running. I think it's, it does. And it was also what's striking about it is that uh, I'm talking about two old cars, in my personal cars, that yeah. are made by companies not known for their integrity necessarily <laughs> Fiat and Land Rover and actually I mean, I'm going to touch your attractive wooden table when I say this they're, they're, they're sort of fine because all cars of the 21st century are amazingly well built and yeah. now they don't rot right. the way that cars used to mm -hmm. yeah. until the 90s I think and yeah. in some cases later well it's it's all then. I mean, it, what fells them a lot of time is electronics, isn't it? It's yeah. the ECUs going on the tits, and then you suddenly it's like twelve hundred quid to replace an ECU in a nine hundred pound car. Yeah, it's going in the bin, and that's wasteful. But at the same time, you can see why someone sure would bulk at spending. No, that like money. a modern car that's relatively simple. That's not your Range Rover, but certainly mm. a Fiat Panda. Mm. Like that car will last a really, really long time. I'm very nervous about boasting about my Range Rover, but I swear is that it, it has. It's a Ford built one, right? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, so it has those to... were good. Yeah, and it's so it, you remember it's an L three two two. If you're going to be nerdy about the model code, so it's the that's not the... the one that's just been replaced. The no, one no, it's the O nine to twelve one. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, so it's the the last facelift of that. Yeah, those were good. They car. were made really, really well. It's yeah. It needed a little bit of snagging when I first got it, but then since then, that's fucking snagging. Oh, you know, so it's something that builders say in the UK, which means you basically do all the big bit, oh, but then yeah. obviously there's going to be ragged edges and things like that, and you sure. just it's debugging your 
shoddy shortcuts. Yeah, those. Those are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's a pre-facelift one. That's the original shape. Mine's got the slimmer headlights, but it is silver mine. Those were the uh, the camera cars for Top Gear, too. Yes, they were. Well, it's a funny tailgate. thing. I bought it, went to collect it from the dealer, and um, as I was driving it away... I had this kind of massive flashback to being on a Top Gear shoot, which was probably the last time I drove one of those. Yeah. Because they were, they were, they were the, um, our, our sort of standard camera cars, and then they replaced those with the L405 model, and yeah. the roof dips down a bit more at the back, mm-hmm. and the boot is a different shape, and yeah. you couldn't get a camera and a camera person in the back. Yeah. Ooh, totally I remember us. reading someone complaining about that. We that had to go couldn't... to Discovery 4s. And also that the license plate was affixed to the top half of the hatch rather than the bottom half. And oh, if you was. opened yes, it up, yes. you couldn't it's see the license illegal. plate anymore and it yeah. somehow was no longer legal. Yeah, yeah that yeah. started to become a concern. Also, it's funny because, you know, back in the day, it just it was like we just rent those. Guys get in the boot, flick that. Because to explain to people who don't realize, it's like they've got the split tailgate so you can have the lower half up so it's yeah. safer for the crew in yeah, the back. Very good, very good they're camera They're not going to fall out. Yeah, and they've got a decent ride and there's you know spacious stuff in that. Then your sound recorders can sit in the back seat with plenty of room for his pack and yeah. all the sort of gubbins he needs. And you can then have other people in the car as well, which is useful on a shoot just to move people around. So yeah. they, were, they were. They were bloody great at the job. But, um, but now when they go filming... Uh, it's, I mean, hard to find cars that suit, but also that everyone is much more aware of the inherent dangers, which are not just falling out the back. So quite often, depending on where the exhaust comes out, they'll uh-huh. stick a, a flexi tube on it and run it up to the roof so that the oh, guy in the so back's not, not getting, getting gassed. Oh, because, yeah. Which back in the day, no one ever thought about that. And it's like these poor bastards in the back going, feeling a bit lightheaded, but I'll carry on, don't worry. Because, you know, camera that people are... That is very are, thoughtful, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's because... You know, good camera people are hard to find. You don't want to <laughs> give them brain damage or something. But back in the day, it just didn't even occur. Are they? Are they? Are, they, are, are you using more remote cameras as well? Because that technology is uh, more um, affordable. Not for tracking. Not for you doing. Still, it's shots. still, still, no, still hanging out the back of a car. Yeah, because you can keep the smaller footprint, and and the cameras you folks use are pretty significant like in terms of complexity yeah they are because the amazon tech spec is sky high Mm. because they want to future proof their yeah yeah. so it's i can't remember it's like 4k hdr something else it's mad because i remember i watched the um what the episode of grand tour where you guys did the night drive with tank treads and stuff which country do you drive across uh, oh god I didn't do much work on that one so, I can't. Oh, <laughs> so I mean, don't talk about it Zach I'm not interested <laughs> uh, it was in Madagascar was that the one? Oh yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah yeah and just the shots at night the mm. fact you could see like Richard's face clearly and this was an outside shot looking back at the camera you could see the headlight definition Richard's face and the sky behind it and it was all dark yeah. and I watched I went that's an expensive camera. Yeah, that yeah, is yeah. amazing dynamic. I'll tell you what, being in that car and driving at night with a light shining in your face from yes. behind the visors has got to be terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's a misery. I liked the Scandinavia one, though. I thought that was fun. Yeah, that turned out all right, didn't it? That was that I, fucking really crash, though. Holy yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell. It's funny because I saw people online going, well, of course, it's all staged. And I was like, no, that was a big crash. <laughs> he wasn't. That was a big, that was a bad yeah, fucking that crash. Was, I mean, it could have been a lot worse, but mm-hmm. it, it could have been a lot better if he hadn't crashed. The, you know what was crazy was... The, I I didn't I didn't know that he had a crash. I mean, I saw some clip where the car had been damaged. You know, there was a teaser for the yeah, episode, yeah, so yeah. I knew I knew the car was going to get fucked up somehow. Mm. But when I saw this the setup for that, I went, "Well, that looks very dangerous." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Here, let's have a fucking drag race, and you don't know where the end is, yeah. and it's a wall. Yeah, 
I think did I say this to you last time I was here about about those three that they what they don't get enough credit for is how brave they are. I mean, uh, brave yeah. slash stupid, but yeah. brave. I wouldn't do things like that personally. I would kind of go, mm, "This looks sketchy. Let's yeah. not do it." But they just go, "Yeah, okay. Do you think it would make good TV? Let's do it." Yeah, yeah. Which maybe when bold. you maybe when bold. you survive enough of them. Yeah. Well, that's it. They've all had to differing degrees. Some pretty in, sketchy ones. Yeah, and James is James is okay, but you know, it's, I, I wouldn't, I'd be lying if I said he's just absolutely fine. Now, you know, there are some echoes of what yeah. happened there a few. No, months that's ago, a that so. was a bad crash. Bad crash. You know, in a in a fucking tin can of a car. Yes, like it's not like an Evo is like a good thing to no, crash. No, it's not like his. And airbags didn't go off, did they? I think they no. might have been. That car didn't have side airbags. No, it wouldn't have had side airbags. Uh -uh. They've got those shell. I think it's got racing seats yeah. effectively, hasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it was hairy. And it's also, I mean, not to be cruel, but James is 62. <laughs> it's like you just, you know, you your yeah. body cannot take those kind of knocks the way it could when you're 22. Sure. It's just a fact for all of us. And yeah. so the fact that he wasn't more badly dinged up is, is quite yeah. a relief. But, it uh, did seem that they fixed, the, they actually the staged part of it was how fast they were able to fix the car. I would yeah. be. I was shocked if that is time, if it's remotely time accurate that they were able to get the car going that quickly because uh, it was fucked up. I mean, it wasn't. I was think. I mean, I wasn't there for the shoot, so I can't say for mm. sure. And but um, I tell you what, the bit that probably helped is that over the years we've learned the hard way that when you're somewhere remote and you have these cars, particularly if they're not weren't sold in mm -hmm. that country. Be ready with it's the It's worth shop. taking some basic spares and probably a mechanic who mm -hmm. knows his stuff, like a field mechanic, basically. Mm -hmm. Someone yeah. who, so we used to a have. A rally mechanic. So you have like a yeah, Dakar, exactly like a Dakar setup. Like, you've got exactly. half a truck. And <laughs> yeah, and it's, and that's, but it's, you know, you can't take everything. I think there was a lot of bodgery to get that Evo back and up running, but I just bet. you know, just anything you could. But there were some basic parts would have been in in a, a van that had followed everyone. But there's a there's a few really sketchy things that happen. I mean, mm. I is driving into the fucking ice is that staged? Well, I mean, it or was planned. Like, it was they they knew that that was dangerous, so it was kind of if you go here, this will get worse. If you yeah. go here, you'll be perfectly fine. Well, of course, it's like the instinct to try and make good television is. Let's push it. Yeah. Let's go to where it's going to... Because do you remember when we drove to the North Pole in that yeah. Hilux? And yeah. And you got all that great audio of the ice creaking. Yeah. Which is all totally, you know, it's like... And, and, I mean, I remember watching it and going, that is frigging terrifying. Yeah. The ice is creaking below your car, yeah. which you're inside. <laughs> yeah. No. So it's... But that's... it's It is that bravery again. Mm -hmm. It's that desire to push to the point where then, you know, hopefully things... And what is probably not seen is all of the supports yeah. off camera so that you know it's like do you remember also we did that thing where we made a hover van on Slot Gear <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is bloody stupid but I don't know quite, quite amusing and and they they went to test it and that was one of those ones where it's like if you do this it'll be fine mm -hmm. if you do this things may go a bit wrong well of course Jeremy's just like well I'm going to do the one that's going to make better telly which yeah. is for it to go wrong and so he drove in far too fast the thing started sinking but of course off camera, we had yeah, to. There's a rescue boat and, yeah, and there's whatever. Two, there's two frontmen yeah. in the water, and because uh, I mean, <laughs> <Of her fan. laughs> what you can't do ideally is kill your on-screen right. talent. It's you know you, you do or even hurt them, and because that's and that has happened, and that has happened. Yeah. And insurance is, I mean, it's insurance is very expensive for them anyway because yeah. they're 
you know, high worth people. Sure. Technically. I had I had a, an hour conversation with Mate Ramatz at uh, Pebble Beach, oh, hey. and he went, "Man, when fucking Richard drove off a mountain, he's like, I, he's like, this is the end of our company. He's like, our company's yeah. our company's done right now, you yeah, know." And, yeah. and obviously, he was concerned about about you know Richard being hurt, but yeah. but on top of that, it was like. Oh shit! Like we've just publicly had we, yeah, well, we've just it. we've just killed one of the fucking the car that killed Richard <laughs> Hammond. It's like God knows we've tried over the years, and finally, <laughs> yeah. it's, this is the, the people who saw it through to its conclusion. Yeah, yeah, I know. I can imagine he. Well, I know he was. Yeah, he was absolutely cacking it about. And it, he's yeah. a good dude. Yes. Martin. Yeah. 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 Is, yeah. Have you dri- have you driven the Nevera yet? I have not. No. Well, I you, hear good you things. have to find a, a way to do it. I mean, yes. I, I know. We have I know. taken the. Evie as a dragster to its logical conclusion. But I remember years ago you talking about on this show about the unpleasantness of putting a, a Tesla in, in yeah. whatever the mode was at that point. Yeah, probably yeah. ludicrous. This is that. And, and I was like, <laughs> and I, 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 it's the first time with someone I'd heard sort of acknowledging that actually this sort of ceases to be fun. It becomes more yeah. like an act of endurance. Or how totally. You, and, and it's like, I don't... Which brings me back to buying a cheap Fiat because it's just it gives you all the sort of little tingly things that we love about cars right. at low speed. Sometimes you're driving that thing and you're going, oh, my God, really on it now? Oh, 40 miles an hour. That's yeah. quite nice, isn't it? It's just like it's, it, it's giving you sensations that you actually, I think, we as car people crave. Yeah, well, that's what I wrote. I mean, the Nevera is it's amazing because you I ran an eight second quarter mile on the street oh just just with the air conditioning on yeah. and like so so as an achievement it's extraordinary yeah. and I don't know if you saw um Harris's um recent clip with it from, from top gear you know you can fucking slide that thing I didn't yeah. have the opportunity because I drove it in Malibu okay but but if you have the opportunity and the space mm. you know you can do things dynamically with it that are pretty amazing yeah um I just but, watched Chris doing the um AMG one. Oh yeah! Did you see that? I haven't seen last it yet. Sunday's top is he gear. shit his pants or is it? No, but I was like, I messaged him afterwards because uh, I was like, reading between the lines, that car's dog shit, isn't <laughs> it? Because he was being polite. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds terrible. I mean, it, 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 the people that I know who have driven it, which are a few rich guys that have them on order from around here, uh, okay. were not incredibly stoked on it. Mm. It's. But, uh, I think the new CEO of AMG said that. They must have been drunk when they agreed to build it. Because, <laughs> like he said this, on, at, like on a panel, because it's so expensive. And this idea of like let's make an F1 engine that's yeah. not supposed to idle, idle, yeah. and pass emissions is just such a crazy idea. It's, yeah, all of that making and, an yeah. F1 engine. It's, you just go. This was. I mean, I, I same thing with to, Valkyrie. Uh, I told yeah, the CEO yeah. of Aston Martin, I said, what are you doing selling this to people? This yeah. is a death trap. Exactly. <laughs> I know, that's the thing. I mean, but for the fact that no one will drive it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, a lot of rich guys would get badly <laughs> yeah. hurt. Because yeah, it's... you're going to have a crash at 180 miles an hour. Yeah. It's not like a little crash. <laughs> I, what I liked about the AMG One, though, is that it was, because there should have been a point in that project where they went, this is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Car losses and stop. But instead they went, no. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm willing to bet that most of the team on that car were men. Because yeah. it reminded me very much of a situation at home where I'd like, right, I'm going to hang some shelves here. And my wife would go, that's not a good place to put shelves. It's fine. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I don't think that's a load-bearing wall. Gonna, I'm going to do it anyway. You'll bang your head on those shelves every time you walk past it. No, I won't. I'm yeah. doing Ah, my head. And you just go, it's like, just listen to reason instead of being pig-headed. And that's yeah. the ultimate corporate pig-headedness. 
where they've got no we are going to do it we are going to do it you said we can't do it so now we're going to do it and it's like yeah. it's not worked by the sounds of it I mean Monkey did say that it's like the engine is really intriguing that they have got this crazy if he says intriguing I think we're intriguing that is word. Monkey for shit no, because <laughs> this was you know this was Cause, not because he he has other words where it's really something glorious. Yeah, you know? he's I I don't know he. Uh, That's funny, <laughs> but yeah, he was when you watch his review. He yeah, was, he I, was I will I will watch it later today. I I, did, I missed it, but I, I will catch up. But he's the Nevera is if you are down. you doing yeah. and all all these electric dragsters. Mm. If you're doing the thing it does, mm. you go well. Fuck me, this is. Deeply irresponsible to sell to people, yep. but impressive. Mm. But when you're driving it around at 35 or 40 miles an hour, you might as well be in a Model 3. Yeah. Because all electric cars are the same mm. at 10% throttle. It doesn't mm. matter if 100% throttle means 300 horsepower or 500 horsepower or 2,000 horsepower. 10% is still the same. Yeah. And so the Fiat Panda or my Ferrari 328 or yes. an old 911 or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. a Mini Cooper hmm. is more Sensations entertaining. And yeah. And you, now, you're do doing you, something. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention my podcast because we're sort of kind no, of in competition. But, but the I, reason you're here is because you have a podcast. We do. Well, everyone Smith has a podcast now, don't they? 2022. You yeah, right. You're not a podcast you're not a person. Um, you must. So uh, we were talking about this on our podcast the other week. I have this theory that we are going to see more and more weird, embarrassing, quite low-speed accidents as we get more EVs because they launch off the line with such ferocity, that, and particularly in the UK where we have a lot of roundabouts, mm -hmm. that point where someone who is maybe not such a confident driver has a moment of dithering where they're like, shall I go for the gap on the roundabout? Shall I? Shall I? In an internal combustion car, they can kind of go up on my foot. I oh, know, second thoughts. And actually, the car's barely moved. A moderately powerful EV launches off the line yeah. immediately with all the torque that it has. And if you screw up your entry onto a roundabout, you're just going to smash into somebody else by mistake. Yeah. So I, my I'll old look. garage, before we built this, my old garage was right across from Tesla's body shop. Oh. <laughs> and the number, of fr the number of cars with front end damage, mm. they, were, they were being driven into things. And, wow. And, I, and, I, the, and if you take someone like... My wife, who is a fine driver, you know, by by regular people standards, you know, mm. she's not an enthusiast, but like she doesn't crash into things. Yeah. When she drives our Ford Mach-E mm. versus anything else, she drives a complete psycho. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's because the torque is there and any gap is available. Yeah. And and you're and you're politely taking that gap. You're not Hellcat, yeah. you know, into the <laughs> into the gap. You can you can you can politely be a complete dick. Yeah. 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 Politely and smoothly and quietly and quietly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that the mainstream EV revolution results in a few leftover credits to keep building engaging yeah. sports cars yeah, yeah. that aren't like supercars. Well, I think we're on the on the same page here, aren't yeah. we? Because you've got your marquee and we've got a little E-up. We used to have an I-Pace. I mean, admittedly, switched the I-Pace for the supercharged Range Rover, sort of ecologically maybe a step back, but, you know, I keeping an old car going. I-Paces were a little bit ahead of their time, I think. Yeah, that's a cruelly nice. overlooked car. I don't know how they sell here. I'm guessing not very well. Not really. that well, but when I see one when I see one around once in a while, I nod and smile. Yeah, that they're a delightful it. thing to see, and they still, I think they still look good. They do look good. Yeah, they're cool. And um, they, I mean, I think because they were contract built, they are contract built in Austria mm -hmm. by Magna. By Magna, Steyr. right. So... 
I think because Jaguar were nervous about doing an EV ahead of its time, they sort of went, could you make um, four a week for us? It really went low, not knowing what demand would be like. So it's almost they can't push it too much because they couldn't meet that demand. But even so, it was a terrific car. It was a really good car. And at you know the what time, I just learned from Audi? Did you know the R8 and the e-tron are built in the same assembly line? Are they? It's the only huh. car maker in the world to build a gas car and an EV car that is not the same. Not the same platform. It's not the same all. platform. It's not wow. like the, the Golf and the e-Golf. This is two different cars. One is gas, one is EV on the same assembly line. 100% interchangeability on the line. Wow. Isn't that wild? That's nuts. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> in, Ger- how they, in Germany. Ask David Tuig how they do that stuff like that. Because Apparently, it's, like, it's, uh, it's a very, they they're very proud of it. They perfected the packaging, so they just go, oh, this this little unit goes in this car, and this one yeah. goes in this car. So I suppose really that's it, isn't it? There's sort of the hardware that you need on the production line is just like the cradles that carry the car. And yeah. And then it becomes so the So the production the line thing. doesn't have a traditional track. Uh, it has autonomous robots that carry the car okay, from yeah. station to station yeah. following some kind of RFID yeah. track. So they so they can they can switch out oh here's the the robot that just looks like a refrigerator mm-hmm. that thinks it's on top of, you know, it's mm-hmm. like this one carries the R8 and this one carries the thing. Yeah. It's it was really neat what they were showing. I was like, yeah, oh, that that's, is, that's cool. Yeah, that's I went wild. to the Bentley factory a couple of weeks ago. In crew? In crew, Was yeah. it cool? Yeah, I've been before, but not for years. And we went down, they have two lines. So they have the Bentayga line and then the Continental GT Flying mm-hmm. Spur line. And uh, the factory now is very, very modern. Though a lot of the buildings are old, but they've internally very modern, very clean, very, you know, that sort of white operating theatre vibe that you get in, yeah. in a lot of modern car factories. And it looks like an assembly line like any other, almost disappointingly so, because you go, these are very expensive, nice cars, and yeah. it looks like you, they could be making golfs here. And then you realize how short the line is. And the, you know, they talk about tack time, the amount of time on each station mm-hmm. that a car has on an assembly line. And sometimes, you know, in, in the factory where they're making golfs, the tack time will be like a minute, yeah, or 30 yeah. seconds maybe, even if it's just like stick a headline in and move on. And the tack time of the Bentley factory is like, Measured in like tens of minutes. Oh, okay. And so the it's line a is actually slow really moving, it's a slow, line. leisurely line, and it's all hand. Mm. It is, I mean, I don't know how you define hand built, but there's no robots. There's one robot on the line, and it applies the glue that holds the windscreen in because it oh. has to be done accurately. Right, right. Everything else is it's hand, hand installed. But they have assists, right? They have like a hydraulic yes, yeah, thing yeah. that helps carry the heavy yeah, bits. Otherwise, the people start, would... the shell comes in, and then the the suspension and powertrain, and they yeah. do what I think another car maker calls the stuff up. Right. Yeah. I said this to the Bentley guy. Right, did you call it together. stuff up? And he went, No, we don't. Because <laughs> <laughs> it sounds a bit rude. Yeah. But um, <laughs> that's what yeah. they call their customers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some of the specs. One of the joys of, and I remember this the last time I went there, is, is some of the, the joy of being at the Bentley factory is seeing some of the specs mm-hmm. that people have ordered, and particularly trying to guess where the car's going because it's like right it's gold with an ivory hood and and then it's got like a sort of cream leather interior I'm going to say Florida it's going to Florida but it's or Saudi yes yeah yeah, I guess it could be and then but then you know if it's like oh it's 
dark blue, non-metallic, with black leather. That's probably going to Germany or somewhere. Yeah, like, yeah. Don't, don't show too much wealth. It's just <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's fascinating to just watch that. But as a, I just, I, I don't know about you. I just, I like being in car factories. Oh, I, I do too. Yeah. I went to the Porsche one in Leipzig where they oh, okay. do Macan, Cayenne, and Panamera. Yeah. And uh, you'll, you know, you see the occasional paint to sample like yeah. crazy spec that gets inserted into that. Did you know? That's, sorry to interrupt, but I, did you know you can now do paint to sample on the configurator? On the Porsche yes. configurator. I didn't, this has passed me by until this week. Yeah, yeah. Because I've been hanging out with some Porsche people because I went to the LA show to see the um, Dakar. Or was it awesome in person? Dakar, as everyone here is calling it. We call it Dakar. Dakar, yeah. yeah. And I was like, which is, I also, I was trying to get my head around um, how you would say, uh, people here would say, like, because it's Macan, isn't it? So yes. How do you say it? Macan? Macan. Macan. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the second A sound is long, because it's also Tycon here. Yes. We say ty- ty- is that a British thing you guys put more emphasis on the vowels? Like I this, don't know. Like garage? It's maybe. And we go garage. Garage, like yeah. I'd say, well, Americans do, I've noticed this, because I'm American. It always ones, sounds so. better when you guys do it. No, than see, we do. It's we weird, sound very unsophisticated No, when we but talk. they see, I think that it's like my sister-in-law once, where I, I, we were playing a game with, like, my niece and nephew and a bunch of my wife's family. And I got a question right in this game that was just, it was a lucky guess, basically. And someone went, how did you know that? And my sister-in-law went, because he's British. It was like, you people think we sound really smart and we're not. I'm oh, no, that's shit. We, we have a real chip on our shoulders about that. There, I know some dumbass English people <laughs> I know. that sound oh, fucking Einstein because there's angst. angst but you know what? It's like I was, I was sort of hanging around with some Americans this week, and it's like yeah, but Americans are so good at sort of sounding epic and cool, yeah. like movie characters. Let's go, let's roll. It's yeah. like British people. Like, All right, let's roll. Everyone go, roll what? Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, let's lock and load. Yeah, yeah, we do Just have good tough pathetic. guy explanations. Yeah, yeah. Just there's that kind of beatiness. But dude, I'll take I'll take a, a, a Guy Ritchie gangster over a, you know. <laughs> no, I want New Jersey gangsters. I want Oh, okay, yeah, well, our Goombas. We we have the world's best Goombas. Yeah. yeah. There's a bunch of guys who are driving um the guests of Porsche around out here who've come in from Jersey. Yeah. And they're fantastic because they just sit around like it's like coming out of the hotel and there's like a flock of crows there because they're just there going what, 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 they're just bitching about LA basically because oh it's not god, Jersey. It's so funny. But it's, I'm just like oh my god, I just want to sort of study them to stand there listening to because they're just like central casting guys. I was just yeah. so lost this past week because I was in Spain hmm. for a German car thing for an yeah. Audi thing and because the program it was a, it was a long program there had 20 waves of all these different people mm. so they brought all their own german staff yeah and so i'm in spain but like even the caterers and stuff are mm. german and so it's like i'm so confused about and and of course they all speak english yeah. but but i'm just like they, I, I was so lost about where I was. The Porsche stand here. Well, it's not a stand as it is. Did you have you been? You haven't because you've been away. I haven't. They have at the LA show. They actually have a sort of room of their own, and they've done. They've gone to town on the decor. So it's like there's different areas for the different cars mm-hmm. that are decorated differently. It's all very. You know, they've spent some money on yeah. it. Yeah, LA is their biggest market yeah, globally, so I guess it's worth it's, it's worth, worth the it. spend. But they've yeah. brought people in from Germany. Same thing. Catering is done by you know you go up and go. I, I, some Americans there, but it was run by Germans. Yeah. so you go up and go can I have a glass of water. Yes, of course. Yeah, and um, they all the building of the video wall and all that stuff. That was their team came in from Germany yeah. to do that. Which it's like. I'm sure there's people who can do a video wall in LA. It's weird the the the, the way it's all kind of run. But so 
You saw Dakar in person. Yes, I've seen it in person. I yeah. saw the test mule driving around L.A. Oh, did you? Yeah, they were running them around L.A. for a while. Um, that car's been a long time coming because I think, from what I understand, there was a will to do it for a long time, and they mm-hmm. had to sort of think carefully about whether the numbers add up. And obviously now they do, but to do it as a limited edition because I don't think it's any secret that the... Um, 992 will be getting a facelift to become the Gen 2 quite right. soon. So I guess they, this is like, without acknowledging it, it's kind of a last hurrah for the Gen 1. Sure. Uh, and it'll have quite a short life and it's 2,500 yeah, units, yeah. uh, sold, 225 grand base yeah, US. Yeah. It's in the UK, it's the, <laughs> this is really boring, but I was intrigued by it. It's 173 grand, I think. Okay. And it makes it the fourth most expensive 911. Do you want to guess most, which the other three are? I mean, um, GT3? Not GT3. Oh, tur- is it cheaper than Turbo S? It's oh, the, Sport, Sport Classic. Classic. Yes. Okay, yes. Sport Classic. One. Yeah, that's the most expensive. Uh, and there's and Turbo S and GT3 are not the other two. Yeah, so it's, well, it's GT3 RS. Oh, right. Yes, GT3, I, I was going to say... It's, I mean, it's not cheap, but in the UK, GT3 is 135 grand. It's less than I, I thought. I'd oh, that's, that seems like yeah, that seems low. Away. That seems <laughs> low. Well, it's, it's I think they're like 190,000 US. Mm, is, okay. is, so, so what's the other one? Is Turbo S Cab? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Turbo S Cab. Good. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. So it's it sits at the top end of the. But I was thinking about it. So I was looking at it. Um, it's and then they've got it in the room there, and then you've got GT3 RS over there, and there's a Carrera T, and then they've got a Turbo S Cabrio mm-hmm. in a very tarty, you know, Porsche exclusive spec with some mm-hmm. color coded wheels, and yeah. And I um, say it's like that, you know. You, you people say, oh, well, you know, that as human beings, we're actually related to lemurs. Genetically, we're very much like lemurs. You go, yeah. well, they've got tails. They've got prehensile tails. What are you talking about? And it's true. And that's like, the 911 range has that same sort of as primates. It has that elasticity where you've got lemurs at one end, which I, I don't know is like your basic <laughs> Carrera. And then you've got your sort of, I guess, us, highly advanced, yeah. very sophisticated GT3 RS at the other other end. It's like the elasticity and the, and the, the, the sort of stretch within what they can do with that car. It's impressive. It is impressive, and the the Dakar slash Dakar is like it's um, it's it's sort of more appealing than the sum of its parts, because in a way it's dumb. You go, what's the point in this? No one's going to take it off road, but it's just there's something about it. You go, you know, it doesn't. Yes. Even, it's not fun, even yeah. about it's not even about going off road to mm. me as much as it is about to go back to our conversation from an hour ago. Mm. Our crumbling infrastructure. Yes. You know, it's because uh, I owned a Safari 911, a, a fucking did, 80s yeah, one. Yeah, so yeah. I totally 100% get why you want an urban yeah. 911. And it's, it's you don't slow down for speed bumps. Mm. You don't, you can drive over a curb. You yeah. can, you know, we have here in Los Angeles, we don't have like underground sewers. We have these mm. crowned roads with these, with these dips. Mm. Imagine being able to take one of those corners at 50 miles an yeah. hour and you know, in your 911. And, and so the idea of a, of a, of an all terrain, you know, a, a sports car it's where you people. don't have to slow down to a crawl for basic everyday obstacles is very, mm. very appealing. Like it has the durability and ability of a crossover. But yeah. It's like a sports car. Yeah. You know, we've done this before with lifting other cars, but that's yeah. a huge benefit. Yeah. yeah. And also, I, I mean, I'm a bit disappointed to see that it has active anti-roll because I was hoping it would have a bit of squidge oh, that it would kind yeah. of oh, yeah. be a bit. Yeah. Have you seen that aerial nomad? Yeah. He that, drove, it. drove it. Oh, did yeah, you? He drove it. for like a week. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Drove oh, I missed Oregon. that. <laughs> years ago, years ago. Oh, okay. It's, I mean, it's just a, a fabulous thing. I mean, obviously, again, 
silly. Well, oh, my yeah. 80s the, Safari 911 had a had a bunch mm. of pitch and roll, and yeah. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. That's, it was exactly nice what I wanted from a, something like that. Yeah, as a streetcar. Yeah. You want a bit of... Yeah. Just given, you know, it's like, so I'm, I'm, I hope that the car is excellent it's it's got all the makings of it and it's sure yeah so it was it was but it looks good in person they had one they had two on the stand they had the one done out in the did you know that you know it says rough roads on the side where the old 911 4x4 from the 80s that i didn't see it so it's oh, rough, rough roads, roads instead of rothmans yeah oh, they couldn't get the license well it's a, <laughs> they, they didn't want to because it's a cigarette <coughs> oh that's a good point but apparently that's so funny in america we don't think of rothmans as cigarettes no this is what they we were telling me yeah we don't have we didn't we never had rothmans mm. cigarettes so germany was going of course we can't say we can't say rothmans and apparently the that's u.s were going so why not I mean, because it's cigarettes yeah we didn't oh, understand didn't that know. it's yeah. like one of those things it's you know when Subaru, same thing with like john play special like we don't yeah. identify any of those brands as cigarettes 555 on the Subaru rally cars they were <laughs> Japanese cigarettes so it took me really? years to work wow. out what 555 was and and uh, it's the, same. the uh, you know anonymous telephone number yes yes it's the movie it's phone number by isn't it? Hollywood anonymity <laughs> yeah so it's yeah they've, they've put rough roads on the door you can have any number that you want on that if you have that livery oh really yeah I, I didn't even know that you could get that you could get that livery I thought they just did it for the show nope that's oh. an option that's an I option I mean that's kind of cool yeah it's I'd, I'd, I'd be torn. I wouldn't get it it's a bit it's yeah. kind of cool people go why are you driving people that people will get it have you seen then... a Cayenne yet with a martini livery factory martini no. it's awful oh, God. I've seen at least three or four of them around LA oh, no, and it's really? really embarrassing there yeah. are some other liveries I don't know if you I don't know where you'd find them Zach but there's some other um, factory liveries like, Classic rally yeah. car liveries. Like, yeah, and they, oh, they call them like cool. uh, you know rally livery seventy four or something that's like that, and it's cool. they totally modeled on specific. Oh, here we go. Rally Zach's cars. got the configurator. There you go. Yeah. See, look Special at this. Special color. Oh, look, rally design package. Yes. So that's the only one. Oh well, now they released some pics. I don't know. I saw them last night, but uh, oh. but that minty green that you just had up there, that was the that's the color of the other car on the show. Pull stand. up the shark blue. Is that the shark blue? Looks like shark blue. And that doesn't no, really doesn't work for work, me. Does it? That's funny. That back I think it might. Big, uh, plastic Pull up the it. paint to sample. Let's see what 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 just paint to sample looks good on this one. My dad just got a uh, ordered a Cayenne in Goodwood Green, which is a really great. Oh, did, did the menu not not uh, showing? Mm, That's weird. I don't know. Maybe they haven't released the paint to samples yet. Maybe. Um, it's, uh, yeah. And you've yeah, seen pizza. Luck. You've seen paint to sample plus too, right? No, so paint that. to sample is the extended colorway mm. that's like eighty colors. Yeah, oh, paint to sample plus. Yeah, paint to sample plus is you bring them a chip. Oh, is that what they call it? Because yeah, someone was boasting about yeah. that. I overheard so someone boasting to a customer. So it's twenty three thousand dollars, and they it's they have to paint a practice car. What? Because the cars are all mixed materials, right? Yes. This is carbon fiber, this is aluminum, this is steel, whatever. Yeah. And if you bring them a chip that they haven't painted before, yeah. they have to make sure that it'll work and get the mix right to paint the different panels. So it's double the price, but they literally have to paint two cars. Oh my God. Yeah, it's cool. Wow, do they just, is the practice car just like the same car that they used to practice on all the time? So that car is effectively getting no, no, bigger no. and bigger because of all the paint on it. <laughs> yeah. but no, it's, it's, a, it's, a bo it's a body in white that they oh, paint okay. it and then they fucking crush the thing. You gotta oh buy God. an extra body. <laughs> oh Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. That, I mean, people have been doing that for years because do you know um, Bristol, the car company Bristol, yeah. now defunct, yeah. and they used to pride themselves on the fact that basically because I think their paint was mixed in a bucket at the back of the factory, they'd go, bring us anything you want, yeah. anything you want, your wife's lips, stick yeah. this uh, your cat we'll match it it's yeah. fine and this guy this guy 
shambled into their showroom one day, this homeless guy, and he's all sort of, you know, covered in rags. He's got this, like, a bag, like, from a supermarket with just crap in it. And he went, what's this? And they went, well, it's uh, the brigand, sir. How much is it? Well, uh, it would be 200,000 pounds. Yeah? Yeah, I'll have one of those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I want it this colour. And he pulls an old saucepan out of a bag, this blue saucepan. He went, I want it that colour. I'll leave that with you. You, you sort it out. I'll come back. And, but someone will be in touch about the money. And they were like, well, what a charmingly eccentric fellow he yeah. was. Anyway, ta sir. And then an hour later, they got a call and went, hello, yes, I'm the PA to Mr. So-and-so. Yes, he, uh, he's a little eccentric, but he was most impressed that you gave him the time of day because Bentley told him to piss off. No way. So I'm just arranging to wire you the money for the car. Wow. And they built him the car, and they built him the car in that blue, and they added it to their color range so other people could choose it, and they called it saucepan blue. Really? Yeah. Wow. Can you look That's that up? Cool. Is that a thing? Can we find a saucepan blue Bristol? Well, yeah, look, because now you might find this will then ref a story I once wrote about Bristol where I put that because I went to interview the guy who was running it uh, in its sort of later days. I'd like to see what the photo of the saucepan blue I'd like to like. imagine it's slightly scuffed and it's got burn marks <laughs> on it like a real saucepan, but I don't know. So it has been going on. That kind of paint-to-sample plus has been yeah. going on for a while. I, I mean, think, more, like, people will do it, but, like, yeah, Porsche but does it to a level where it's like... Mm. I imagine their quality is really I hope good. so. I hope so, yeah. I hope so, I know. yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that's the thing. It's one of the things where I had my... 911 detailed mm-hmm. before I sold it to make it look, you know, nice. And this guy called Richard Tipper, who uh, he's on social media a lot, he, he cleans Harry Metcalf's cars. Oh, is like that, that the super? He's not the super famous guy. Is there's well, a guy who who had a video f- that was like a viral video from maybe ten years ago where he was he didn't they called it a wash he yeah. was very British he called <laughs> yeah, it a yeah. wash but it was really like he took the wheels off the car in the hole yeah and it was like six thousand pounds you oh know? okay I don't know about that I mean but Richard is in sort of car nerd circles in the UK people know Richard because he cleans sort of well known car people's mm-hmm. cars and uh, he came over and did my 911 and it was extraordinary. It was like having a new car. Yeah. Because I've never really had a car detailed to that level before. Yeah, yeah. I always thought, oh, I'll just get dirty again because I park on the street. No, it seems like a lot of money until you see the work. Well, the thing was, it's also you realise that actually that my 911 was basalt black, just that really nice, rich black. But when it's, even though it was like nine, ten years old at that point, it just, it comes up so well because yeah. it's fundamentally quite good quality paint. Do you see that IROC downstairs, that Camaro? Yeah, yeah. That one we've just done. Oh, and it's right. like a, That was like a $2,000 really? correction. Yeah, okay. yeah. And yeah. it's like very low mileage, but it was a little bit tired yeah. Camaro, and it's like, you know, Bing. glowing now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, it's funny. I've just had my friend Larry on the East Coast. Um, his video went up today. Go check out his video, the Ammo NYC. He's one of these, he's a, very famous YouTube detailer okay. and he makes his own products and he's like one of my best oh, friends yeah. and so my my Porsche was in New York and that's where the, my dealer was and so they sent it I sent it to him because Porsche paint as good as it is mm. it's not perfect perfect and yeah. if you really want it to be perfect perfect and you are crazy about it um, and I was going to do uh, the I did do the paint protection film yeah. on the whole car it's my first brand new really high-end brand new car and I intend to keep it for a really long time and so I said okay let's do the paint correction then put the film over it so it's like perfect and Larry said you know mine was he said quote better than most but not perfect but after he did his thing on it 
the glow of it was crazy. It's mm. super rich and very deep. And will the film sort of lock that in more? Yeah. Okay. He so does film and then he does ceramic coating on the film. Oh. Okay. So it's you can literally just hose it off, you know, for the next five years and just everything will come right wow. off and it and it will it will like glow forever. But that level of detailing is underappreciated. Yeah, it's impressive when you see it done. And it's even just little things. On an older car, you know, they sort of mat down the steering wheel. Right. You know, the leather steering wheels, they're just the age of car, don't they? They get all shiny mm. and tatty, but just mat it down, make it look new again. It just kind of go, oh, new car. Yeah, they can do a lot with leather and stuff, too, when they mm. really scrub out the, mm. the leather and you go, oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that was in there. Yeah. I certainly sorry to keep going on about my Panda, but I'm very fond of it. But it's got cloth seats. Yes. Like, underappreciated awesome. thing. Yeah, I was absolutely. like, this is nice. Yeah. Because they're, they're, you know, they're a little bit warm, but they're okay. But it's just like, because leather can, particularly a cheap car, cheap leather just looks afterwards because not leather really, expensive is. Expensive leather is, gr expensive cloth is great. Yeah. Like, I love those, like, Alpinas from the 90s that would have the, the crazy... Yeah. That was a factory I went to that was really under. Oh, yeah, cool. I saw you were out there. Yeah. You ever been there? No. You should check that out while you still can, because mm. before BMW shuts it down in two years, it's worth a visit. Are they shutting it down in two years? I think so. I mm. think they're just bringing it all in-house. Yeah, and, and, yeah. But they do so much there that you won't, you know, you think of Alpina and you go, okay, it's wheels and a body kit and mm. an ECU tune and whatever. But they're making intercoolers. They're making tur turbochargers. They're modifying wow. engine blocks. Yeah. They're doing stuff that you don't, you didn't. It didn't occur to you that they actually did. No, I always have a problem with Alpina in that that every car of theirs I've driven has been tremendous, without exception. Yeah, but I hate the stripes, and I know you can have them without. You can get it without. Yeah, and I don't like those wheels of theirs. Really? I yeah. Oh, I don't, if you don't just, like the wheels, uh, then the, you're the out. The more yeah. recent ones are better, but I find them fussy and fiddly, and I just go. And BMW makes some good-looking alloy wheels traditionally, don't mm -hmm. they? So you can think of lots of great BMW wheels, and I just go. Eh. But I presume that if you went, I want it without the wheels, they go, but the wheels are an integral part of the package. Yeah, you know, yeah. They've optimized them in some way. And so. They have two, two or three different options of wheels for the modern cars, and not all of them are the 21 spokes. Yeah. But if you don't like those wheels, yeah. you, I can imagine being checked out of the whole package because it's such a big part saw, of it. What did I see? An E21 Alpina at a show this summer. And I was just like, that is tremendous. And yes, I don't like the way it looks because hey, it's got the bloody stripes down it and everything. I'm just like... Yeah, not my. I not for why. everybody. That's no, okay. I know. Well, that's it. It's, you know, it's but it's a cool like company, the and they're yeah. and and they're the cars are just. He, uh, Andreas, their CEO, told me, and and this was backed up by other people that they're cars for people who drive tons of miles. Okay, their customers do fifty, sixty, seventy thousand kilometers a year in their cars. That's right. what they're for. Okay. Okay. So they're people have gone. I just want a car that's comfortable and yeah. super fucking fast on the highway. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's very sort of Germanic because they, you mm -hmm. know, obviously they're going. I mean, I don't just that's a great myth. And when I drove that B8 around Germany, mm. univer even even despite the German, you know, don't show off wealth mm. so much, and this was probably the most expensive car I saw the whole trip. Mm. It's 170,000 euros, this thing, with the, with the stripes and the wheels. Yeah. Universally, like oh yes, really yes, yes you are you are of taste. Yeah, I you mean that's the thing; taste. they are connoisseurs' cars. Yeah, aren't they, you so. have to know. You definitely. They have used to, know. to be. I don't know if it's so prevalent now, but they used to be. If you went to mainland Europe, particularly to Germany, or like Luxembourg or Austria or somewhere, th th what I would call kind of Euro spec lux cars, which is non-metallic paint, mm -hmm. quite often on steelies, particularly if they're running. Yeah, debadged, running the winter tires probably on steelies. 
and they would be sort of like so downplayed. Mm-hmm. But then you'd look inside and it would have leather when that was still an option and maybe like the upgraded stereo. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like, but it's like, all oh, this is for me. Yeah, yeah. You outside, you see nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, and I was like, it's just so the opposite of the way things that went in way things went in Britain where everyone wanted the big or alloys here. and the showing off and then but yeah. like cloth seats and I mean like, here you've got ba- you know people buy a, an ex rental car charger and put 23s on it bro it's like, <laughs> oh my god when I was at the LA show I went onto the Dodge Chrysler stand and it was like going to a museum <laughs> You're like, oh, what a lovely trip down memory lane. The, the hall of historical platforms here. Uh, it's like, oh, my God, they're still making these cars. Yeah. And they're hugely popular. Well, I mentioned this to somebody, and they went, well, you know that the Challengers, like, outsells the Mustang and the Camaro. It does. And I was like, oh, I had sort of read that somewhere. But then it's the amount by which it does. Yeah. And there was some other stat they gave me. that was, I was like, oh, well, I mean, fair play I think to the them. Charger is the last rear-wheel drive V8 sedan mm. you can buy in America. Uh, American, certainly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can buy an E-Class, I, I think, yeah. and, a, and a BMW, but they're, but they're, it's half the price. Yeah. Um, well, the last time I was here, was it the last time I was here that I had a the tr- you're the Charger? Truck. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a Charger Scat Pack. Yeah. And, yeah, I know. And I, uh, Which is the best-named car of all time, probably. But it was quite pleasant yeah they're it was, fun it was so you know and then uh, this time we're coming back for Christmas uh, as a family have you reserved our, something yet I'm going to borrow an F-150 Lightning sir oh okay cool so I'm looking forward to that yeah, yeah they're great. great things yeah yeah they're so really cool that's cool make sure you do something where you can take advantage of the of the toys of the of the power supply. Oh yeah, you've got the you've got the big one of the biggest batteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll bring my circular saw yeah, with me. Travel with that. <laughs> okay, yeah, and I'll do that. It's definitely, but that's no. I'm looking forward to that. I think they're nice. Quite, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. nice. It's an impressive looking thing. In fact, weirdly, one of the reasons because my uh, colleague Johnny Smith had driven it in the UK, Ford brought one to the UK. I don't know why they're not going to sell it there, but just to that's show because it's fucking enormous. Yeah. Well. So Johnny drove it, and he went, it's great, it's really great, really impressive. But then Clarkson drove it, and he's not a fan of pickup trucks, and he's not a fan of EVs, and he Mm. would not shut up about how great it was. (laughs) And he learned all the stats, because I was going, oh, it's got that frunk at the front. He went, yes, it's got more capacity than a Golf Estate in there. I was like, where's the real Jeremy? Because he was was absolutely, he went, of course, it's too too big, it's stupid, you couldn't have one here, but it's great. Well, but he does have a farm. Yeah. So he was probably able to... Try to use it for something. I guess he probably did. He yeah. use it for something on the farm. I don't know actually. You gotta appreciate that objectivity, though. Like he was yeah, biased no, against both of those things. And one of his strengths is that, yeah. although he's very trenchant about a lot of things, and that's kind of his shtick. You know, he's no, he has to be Jeremy. In yeah, a way. he is also still a journalist, and he will identify a good car and he's also you know still a car guy yeah go, oh, this is a fucking great car i'm going to say it's a great car i'm not going to sort of pretend otherwise for the sake of you know playing to the gallery yeah much though he does do that on other things so yeah it was quite striking that was a point where i was like oh my god even he's saying it's good i've got to check this out so it's great them. because it's not like it's not like a spaceship mm. it's like a f-150 mm. that happens to be electric mm. and that recognizes the interesting things one might be able to do if you're lugging around a gigantic battery yeah such as power a bunch of shit mm. um but i like the detail like you could it's got that measure thing on the rear oh the scale oh, the, the scale yeah, yeah. yeah it's like that's clever isn't they it yeah. it's just simple but lot. clever i was driving a ram what was it uh this was yesterday not the ram gt that i borrowed but um, from some, the museum of you were driving a ram yesterday for this thing with con media they rented they oh. rented a ram like oh. rebel and it was oh. and i 
when we put the tailgate down to eat lunch, I looked around for like a bottle opener for the Cokes and there wasn't one, which is something that Ford and other companies have thought out. But there's just all these details like the There's measuring. a bottle opener on the Lightning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on huh. the, um, where the tailgate goes up, one of the latches works oh. as a bottle opener. Oh, really? And is that intentional? It seems like it was. It, <laughs> okay. it just seems like the right shape. Okay. But, and there's the measuring thing and like yeah. the power step and then inside. The funny thing was on the inside of, I think, the Lightning and the Ram GT. Uh, when you open the center console, there's all of these like conversion tables for you know, math and, and like the uh, the metric system. And I went, yeah. well, who uses this? Like this yeah. plastic protractor that you yeah. can still lay something on. But, but oh. the, the Ford, they thought out a lot of stuff. I So I was staying in this hotel downtown and one night, uh, I was just walking up to the hotel and after stabbing some, someone after well yeah after just doing a bit of shanking and um, <laughs> the uh, so two uh, people I know from Top Gear magazine in the UK pulled up in that new Hummer oh god oh, yeah and um, I, I just can't even get my head around it's like 4.1 tons it's enormous yeah you it? can't go over certain bridges what <laughs> yeah, it's too heavy for certain holy bridges. shit yeah it's, well it's it, real embarrassing America shit it, yeah, it's sort of fascinating because we'll never get it. So you're sort of, it's like, you know, seeing a bear over here. Yeah. You know, we don't have those at home, so let's have a look at it. Oh, God, it's coming for me. But the tailgate on that, it feels like maybe they filled it with sand to make it feel more weighty and impressive, but it's something, there's something flimsy about it at the same time. Yeah. And then there's this thing, and we couldn't figure out what it is. It basically looks like a dildo that folds out. I think it's a handle to help you climb up into the back. Oh, it probably is. But it's very dildonic. Is and it? You <laughs> go, what is that? Well, the F-150 has that too. It slides out oh, of the bed it? and pops up. Yeah. So oh, when, when you open that. the tailgate, this thing will flop out, and then you can press on this yellow button, and the same uh, thing will pop right. out. But I don't know if it looks as dildonic as the one that just you try, Check out the Hummer one. My God. It's just like you go. I haven't oh, seen it. Gosh, that's... Yeah. So... Um, it's yeah. It's also I know it's got frameless doors, which is because I think cause so the, weird, isn't it? Because the top comes off. Comes off. Yeah. But it it just. It not and none of it matches up right. No, it feels like they had a brainstorming session and then decided to do all of the ideas. And it's I like, just, oh, just concentrate. I cannot get behind this thing. No. I can't. And it, it's and it just feels so cheap when you touch one. It's yeah, in their that's it. It's mm, there's it's something. not it's not great. Whereas conversely, I was picked up from the airport this week in a Chevrolet Suburban. And I was quite surprised at how high quality the interior felt. So it's funny the. The cheaper versions of that of that vehicle, the mm. Sierra, the Suburban, the Tahoe, feel pretty nice. Yeah. Whereas when you get up to the Escalade, it's really expensive, yeah. but doesn't feel worth it. So the value, okay, right. you get a lot for your money at the bottom, yeah. and then it very be quick quickly becomes profit padding at the top. Yeah, yeah. I can the see. Escalade doesn't feel like it's one hundred and twenty grand. Oh, is that what it is? If you load one up, it's 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 in the six. Because I looked yeah. up how much the Suburban was. Because I was sitting in the back of it going. This yeah, isn't crap. And I was looking at the dashboard. I think the driver probably thought I was a lunatic. So I was just like peering forward. Yeah, oh, those buttons look pretty good. And uh, and so when I got back to the hotel, I, I was like, oh, how much are these? And I think fifty four. They start yeah. at. And it's like, okay, that feels reasonable. I guess. I don't yeah. know what else. You, you get, get a lot for your money at the yeah. bottom, but at yeah. the top, it's that's the most profitable. Escalade is the most profitable car GM makes yeah. by a lot. Were you? Were we on this show years ago, or was it Aaron Gold was talking about the the way that um, British car journalists always go? Actually, the pick of the range is the middle one or the bottom one or something like that. And sounds Americans like are always Aaron, like, get the best, get that the top. Sounds and like an Aaron Gold. It does sound yeah. like an Aaronism. And yeah. uh, and I was like, because to me that sounds perfectly reasonable. Actually, it's the yes, it's the GL model that's the one to have. Pick of the 
budge. They're right. 1.6. And there is a bit of a trend here. I've seen in articles where it's like, if you're going to spend the money, you might as well spend the extra 50 grand to get the nicest one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sometimes British magazines are prone to doing this thing where they'll go, wouldn't it be intriguing if we compared like a Bentley Bentayga to a, a Dacia Duster, you know, those yeah. very cheap um, uh, sort of SUVs that we have at home. And the conclusion is always, well, if you've got the extra money, get the Bentley. You just go, well, no shit. <laughs> What was the point of any of this? You know, the, like the when you have even like if you were to say a G wagon compared to an Escalade or any mm. any German super SUV mm. compared to the Escalade, if you get the fastest one, the mm. sixty three mm. or the Cayenne Turbo S, whatever, you get a bunch of other shit that comes with it. Mm. Right, the interior has more leather and suede. The yeah. seats are more aggressively bolstered. There's carbon mm. on the dash. Whereas if you get, they, they now have this Escalade V, okay, which yeah. has the Corvette Z06 engine in it. Yeah, um, the previous gen, the supercharged one. It's like so loud, and but the rest of the truck is exactly the same. Uh-huh. They've just put the engine in, yeah. and they might have bigger brakes too. But but, so. the, <laughs> but the rest of it is like the same. Okay, and so unless you're actually going full throttle all the time, mm. you get basically nothing. Yeah, um, which is stupid. I, I mean, I I, I was re- driving the new Range Rover. Um, I went on the, the you know when they launched that in Northern California, and the basic Range Rover now is essentially a hundred thousand pound car yeah. in the UK. But then I was looking at the spec of it and going, what else do you need in this car? And then you start looking at the up-spec ones. Bearing in mind, you can spend, and I work this out, I think it, you very easily get the configurator to £225,000 yeah. for a long wheelbase SV with the turbo V8 and whatever. But then you start looking at what they've had to sort of put on it to justify that. And it's like ceramic controls. Yeah. You just go, no, don't need that. Don't need, no, you're good. The basic one is... So Amazing. well equipped, yeah. you know. They're having to make up equipment. Yes. Well, Zach went on that launch and didn't. Oh, you we, did, didn't you? Because we were talking you, about it. Yeah, we missed each other by a and, day. Oh yeah. And they, I think Range Rovers realized that with like the Urus and the Bentayga, and especially the Cullinan, that people are willing to pay yeah. extraordinary oh, amounts mm-hmm. for SUVs, and they yeah. go. Well, hang on. We're the original. We're the we were the yeah. extraordinary SUV. You can How much see it. can we? They're feeling for the ceiling. Can, yeah, they're in the dark. But it's like there's a ceiling up there, but we haven't touched it yet. And so was let's it you who said who did the math and they said they figured out what they could charge? Uh, and it was like two hundred and seventy thousand dollars. No, yeah. it was one of our friends who was. Um, they went to a product launch in Monterey where they launched. Like a special, yeah, the Monterey uh, edition, the, the Monterey oh, edition God, Range Rover, Carmel edition, yeah, Carmel edition. You had to Mon- order it that day in that room. Oh my God! And yeah, yeah, they gathered a bunch of customers. The doors are locked until you get your checkbooks. Yeah, they gathered a bunch of people in the room and they go, "Here's this thing. We're making thirty of them. We will take your money right now and only right now." It was two hundred forty-two thousand, and they had done the math and figured out what the ceiling was that somebody would spend on a Range Rover, and it was that. I think they sold all of them, by the way. Oh, they did? Okay, yes. well, fair play to them. In my, I think I put this in my review, I can't remember, um, when I wrote it up at home, that it reminded me, the way the Range Rovers got more expensive, of a story I heard about Concorde. Um, British the Airways, the Concorde yeah. service that BA were running out of Heathrow to New York. And they were losing money on it because that plane was horribly expensive <laughs> to run. Yeah, And they did a survey of their regular flyers. And they're usually, you know, captains of industry and rock stars and stuff like that. And they said to them, how much do you think your ticket costs today? And 
without exception, they set a price that was about twice what it actually was. Huh. And so they simply made the tri- tickets twice what they, what thought, they were. What because they, they realised these people don't know. Yeah. They have PAs who book it. How interesting. And they're quite happy to pay twice. So let's charge them twice. That's and that's so how Concord crazy. slipped into a bit more towards huh. profit. I, so I think the Range Rover is the same. Did you? One time. You bastard. Yeah. One time round trip, but yes, I did. What, like where you'd go back to where you came from? or No, no, no. Like oh. I flew to to London with my father and then, okay. and then back. Yeah, Because yeah. they used to do, sometimes they would do these... Like rape, a tourist tourist. Land. Yeah, you'd go, yeah, they'd go out to the Bay of Biscay and they just, you'd <laughs> put the hammer down <laughs> and then go back to London. Was it, was it somewhere, was it during... COVID or something during like peak COVID flight companies were doing flights to nowhere yes where just to just so you could have that feeling of being yeah, on a plane I think and you could just that. go up and do a do a lap and come that back that is very strange yeah I mean I don't think it no pun intended I don't think it took off <laughs> but 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 they did a couple companies did do it but who I mean not to sound like a twat for going well of course I fly all the time but who would want to go on a plane if you didn't have to right it's like, it's yeah, just yeah, like, oh I'd like to be more dry now please and cramped <laughs> yeah. and How feel a bit claustrophobic yes <laughs> I mean, as someone who has to fly all the time mm. and doesn't necessarily want to, but does it anyway, yeah. when you tell people that never fly that yeah. you're doing all this flying and not enjoying it, you mm. sound like a cunt. Yes. Ooh, and gosh. so, yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, I don't mean you, I mean me. No, I'm no, t- no I, I, anybody. Sure. I do sound like a cunt. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, in fact, because I'm going to If you do it in a British now. accent, then you are <laughs> extra, <Yeah>. extra cunt. <laughs> Lord cunt. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, well, I'm going to the airport now, so that's on. Oh, you are you on? Yeah, your way but I'm doing a. I'm going to. I have to fly to Salt Lake City to then get the flight to Heathrow. Oh, bummer. Yeah, which is you know, but I've never been to Salt Lake City, so well, their airport is is, is, is an airport. Their airport. <laughs> Be careful what kind of beer you order. What? Why? Their beer is limited to three point two percent alcohol. There, yeah, because Mormons. Oh. It's a Mormon thing. Really, Mormons? Yeah. There'll be a lot of blonde people. Though. Mormons have a limit on the alcohol percentage wow. of their beer. Yeah, it's dumb. Like, a, sort of like a speed limiter on a car. Just... <laughs> yeah, kind of. How? What, I never knew that. What mm-hmm. an interesting. It's really to, where, strange. Where does, how does wine work? Then? I do not have wine. The, lim- the wine is not limited. Okay. It's a beer thing. Oh. And, you, right. and whiskey is... Uh, yeah, it's limited to 4% alcohol by weight, 5% ABV, and beer sold at grocery oh. and convenience stores okay. and establishments that operate under a beer-only license. Well, that's sort of okay. It's just, I think, because American beer has become, or sort of craft beer has become very strong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Dangerously so. It We've got the, the Dodge Hellcat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same, same yeah. It's, talking of whiskey, I had a, I came, when I came over here, when I was, that was Monday this week, I don't sleep very well on planes, but I thought, well, well, I'll have a little whiskey because that might help. And you know, on planes, sometimes they're just free pouring, and they, Hell yeah. they just want you to shut the fuck up and leave them alone for the body of the transatlantic. Sometimes flight. that backfires, but go on. Yes, and uh, so they gave me a tumbler of whiskey, and I put a film on, and I was just, I was like, actually, that went down very well. I'll have another one, please. And I had another one, and then sort of fell asleep for about twenty minutes, and then the next thing we were landing, and I was feeling very odd. <laughs> and I got to immigration, and I'm terrified of American immigration because they want you to be, and it works on me. <laughs> and I don't want to get banned from your country because you know some of my family are here. So I got to the thing, and also because I'm here technically, I'm, I'm here for meetings, which you're allowed to do without a visa. But I didn't want to screw that oh. up and give them the impression that I'm stealing work from Americans. Right, so, right. So you don't, so when they say, "Are you here for work?" What I do you say, say? I say, "Yes, I'm here for meetings." Okay, and that that's. I didn't realize that was. Well, I didn't realize it. Uh, until my wife pointed it out to me and like so when I came over to drive the Range Rover it's like I'm here for a meeting and that's okay because I'm going back to review it for a British newspaper uh-huh. not taking work from Americans I just have to go and meet someone from Land Rover who gives me the keys to a Range Rover 
but I got a bit, not panicky, it was just sort of slightly boozy slash woozy tired. And I just basically gave this woman like too much of my life story. Started wittering on about how I was going to see my sister-in-law while I was out here. And in the end, she went, you can go. And I was just like, she was basically saying, get the yeah, hell out yeah, of my yeah. sight. <laughs> you strange, strange man. And yeah. It was, yeah, really weird experience. She didn't do the fingerprints thing. And I don't know if they've dropped that or if she just couldn't be bothered because she's like, this guy's Oh, they didn't do that the last time I went through either. Um, okay. I think they just... They do the photo. Yeah. The photo, the photo. The face, I, the face recognition. Yeah, I do in that. A yeah. Related story of over-explaining. The last time I took my written driver's test, which I had to take, you know, I don't know, six years ago. But one of the questions was, you know, is it safe to drive under a medication? And I went up to the guy at the thing, and I was like, Well, what kind of medication are we talking about? <laughs> and I started going in, and he just looks at me. He's like. Put the answer that you think is the dumbest, <laughs> and that is the correct answer. And I was like, oh. General anesthetic. <laughs> I, it's like when I went to a pub quiz years ago in my old local in London, and uh, one of the questions was, who is the biggest vehicle manufacturer in the world? Uh-oh. And I, in a general knowledge round, and I went, sorry, just to clarify, do you mean vehicle manufacturer or car manufacturer? And he went, what? <laughs> he's got a microphone and I hadn't. Yeah. And I went, because you see, the thing is, vehicle would be one thing, car would be a different. So I just, I just wanted to clarify when by vehicle you mean cars or you mean sort of trucks and vans and things like that. And he just went, it's General Motors. The answer is General Motors. <laughs> and gave it to the whole pub, thereby eroding the one advantage I have, which is I know about cars. So That's it hilarious. was, and my mates on the team were like, all. you f- a couple of weeks ago, I was at a pub quiz with my wife, and one of the entire rounds was match the model of car with the manufacturer. And I was like, nah, just just go back to your drinks, everybody. I'll just <laughs> yeah, stand write. aside. Yeah. It's like when I, I got into a pub quiz where the there was a tie break situation, and they went, okay, well, it's tie break is between uh, you and you. I was For some reason, I was representing our team. It's a music round. We're going to play a bit of music. Just tell us what theme tune to what show this is. Oh. Bang the bow and you know. It was the fucking Top Gear theme. <laughs> <laughs> and I did win that one. I'd be I humiliating would, I would if I didn't. So. It was like from one bar like of it. You're supposed to from that. He announced that you Yeah, it's like, yes, yeah, so I'll have to recuse myself exactly. from the quiz, but no. That's hilarious. Not. Yeah. Right in your face. Uh, do we have anything from Patreon? We do. Let's go let's to let's the Patreon. Patreon. Oh, yeah, so you're embracing the, the Patreon because this it's, is what it's we're It's excellent. Doing. We recommend it. Yeah. Of course, if you want to listen to the show ad-free, you want to ask our questions, or ask questions to us or the guests, you want to get the show the day it's recorded rather than wait till Tuesday, Thursday. What time is your flight? You got to get going? Uh, one twenty-five. Oh, okay, cool. So I'll be all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have someone coming at 11, but they can fucking wait. <laughs> uh, of course, patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast. What do we have? You're, you've been smart because you've done membership levels on your Patreon. You should do that. Johnny and I were a bit, well, it's my fault. I set it up, but I was like, I don't know what we can offer beyond just here. Give you us can some just, money. You can just copy what we did. Well, that I, works But well. I think it's a bit late now. We ask for a quid a month. You can give more, and people do. Yeah, yeah. But, but we ask for a quid a month. But we just have enough people that sort of you sort of go, okay, this is it saves us having to tart around too much. For, well, we what, uh, our strategy was that we don't we we want to give people something that they can't get normally. Yeah. But without having to physically do a ton of extra yeah. work and recording because we just don't have time for well, it. Well, yeah, so. that's it. Isn't it? Actually, funny but, we're doing because we're doing live shows now. So one of the things we've realised we can do for our patrons, but all yeah. of them because we don't have tears, is you get first dibs on the tickets. So I saw oh, that yeah. on your Twitter. That's that very works. smart. I like yeah. that. So idea. we're doing. Yeah, we're doing. A, <laughs> shameless plug. We're doing another live show on um, the eighth of December. So the tickets 
uh, went on sale for Patreons today, Friday. Oh, cool. And everyone else doesn't get them till Monday. So How many just, seats are you doing in the live uh, show? 250 for this one. And are you selling them out? Yeah, we sold out Bentley in like a day. Or really? Less. Yeah, yeah. And oh, we cool. did one this while I was at Crew. We did one in the Bentley factory. Oh, cool. And we, had, we sold 250 seats in a few hours, really. Really? And then, because... Bentley people who worked there were like, oh, well, they're coming here to a week, but the tickets are all sold out. So they stuck in another 20 something seats oh, for, the for Bentley employees who want to come. Oh, that's, that's and then we had And we had a wait list of 130, 140 people. No way. So on that maths, we were like, well, maybe we should try and go bigger, but it's hard to find. And you don't want to accidentally book Shea Stadium and then no one turns up and <laughs> yeah. look like an idiot. So. That's called being the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> I understood that joke. Yay. Uh, all right. Well, that's, that's encouraging for us because we've been talking about. You should do it. Do live shows. It's fun. It's yeah. really fun. It's really nice to meet the people who listen to you because our experiences, they're really nice and they're really rooting for you. And there's just a sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to sound too mushy about it, but there's a kind of warmth in the room that comes from that. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, a sort of uh, an audience is on your side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's yours to screw up. And also, uh, from certainly my point of view, having Johnny there as well, we're a double act, so you're not on your own on the stage. Yeah, going, yeah. Oh, hello. Yeah. And it makes it a bit easier. Uh, although someone, a few people actually commented on the video of our Bentley show and went, you were talking very fast. It felt like you had the choke out the whole time. And I was just like, I think it's the nerves. (laughs) That's where the whiskey comes in. James (laughs) Dwyer says, uh, I know numerous jokes are made about this during both Top Gear and Grand Tour, but how often do the hosts go off script and improvise? The shows always have a natural, non-scripted feel, and it's clear there's real chemistry. Probably less than you'd think, right? Uh, Or more than you think. I mean, it's impossible to say a sort of percentage, but yes, they ad-lib a lot. And... You know, some of the things in the script, certainly in the studio, when we're doing studio for Top Gear and the Grand Tour, would be often, we would write those by ad-libbing. Almost like, you know, it's a way a musician might just sort of Mm. jam and then you get the bits that you think work the best and you assemble them together. So, no, they're great ad-libbers. They're really, they're they're very, it's not like, um, you know, they can't operate without a script because they frequently do. And also they know that we have editing so they can always just sort of, Jazz it Keep going and yeah, yeah. see what you get. No, annoying for me because quite often, you know, back in the day, we were watching Top Gear and my wife would laugh at a joke and she'd go, did you write that one? I'd be like, no. <laughs> he thought of it on the spot. Like, oh, it's funny. Yeah. Uh, Crandy says, what is the most infuriating trait of the automotive influencer? <laughs> There's so, uh, many. so I'd, many. I mean, I'd, 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 the one that slightly annoys me is uh, pride in lack of knowledge. Well, it's not pride, <laughs> is it? It's just not being embarrassed that they don't know the subject and kind of, you know, going, and this has got a, I don't know what this does, and you kind of go, well, fucking look it up then. Yeah. Which, I know, you, you, you're on the fly or you're winging it, as we are now, you can't know everything. But and I, I do get slightly frustrated, we get messages. can't believe you didn't know that. It's like, you can't believe it. You can't believe that we don't know everything. It's very flattering, but I was like, so, you know, if I was attacked by a blue elephant, I wouldn't believe that. But <laughs> I can't believe that you, you didn't, don't know you the didn't compression remember the, ratio yeah. of the Jaguar XJ220. Exactly. It is stuff like that. Yeah, we just yeah. go, oh, come, please give yeah. me a break. I'm trying my best here. So, but yes, that kind of where, where influencers don't, it doesn't seem to be a requirement for entry to know anything sometimes, or sure. at least as much as you might hope. But that, see, clearly it, it's not a problem for some of them. Talking about handling at the limit while being yeah. <laughs> completely unable to drive anywhere near the limit would be one. The uh, the era of Top Gear with Chris Evans, which you know, not a successful era, I think it's generally accepted, and probably even Chris Evans would admit that. But 
we used to, Jeremy and I, in fact, still do this as a little riff, is that we used to laugh at the fact that he clearly wasn't totally confident in his ability to assess a car. And so he'd be like on the track going, you can really feel the suspension? <laughs> and it's like there's a slightly sort of questioning tone in his voice. That's so hilarious. much power from the engine. <laughs> That's <laughs> hilarious. The most annoying thing to me by far is people who are already very rich and decide mm -hmm. to become influencers based on making videos with their own cars. Okay. That drives me insane. But don't you, uh, you don't get in many influences who aren't palpably w quite comfortable because... No, no, but you, you have to be. And it's not just about being rich. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not anti-general rich guy. But if you, <laughs> if you made a whole bunch of money in fucking crypto, yeah. bought... 20 supercars and are now going to be an influencer tells you what it's really like to own these cars. Get yeah. the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Andy in Colorado, with the hindsight of being a few years out from the debacle. Debacle. I think the word is fracas, actually. Do you think the decision to cancel the original Top Gear was the right move by the BBC or had the format and show run its course? Um, well, the, I mean, the BBC the Grand Tour Instagram do... just posted a shark jumping joke. Did it? Yeah. I don't something know who's about, running that anymore. Something about a shark jumping joke, and, and Jeremy said, I think I think we already did that in 2013. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty funny. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, the, the problem was that, and this doesn't get said enough, although I do sort of rattle on about it, that uh, they couldn't do anything else because Jeremy was out of contract and about to sign a new and I think quite lucrative contract to continue doing Top Gear. If he'd been in contract, they could have suspended him and then said, you know, say you're sorry, look like you mean it, and then come back. Mm -hmm. What they could never do is hand him a new, very expensive contract. That was the, the worst thing they could do, uh. but that was the situation they were in. So. Um, it wasn't, he, you know, people say, oh, Jeremy was sacked. He wasn't. He just didn't have his contract renewed. He just didn't renewed. renew his contract. Yeah. And so they were sort of stuck. Was it the right decision? I mean, it was the only decision they could make, and I totally understand that. Um, I, I always wonder where the show would have gone if we just carried on doing it, because it would have been nice to try and just sort of wrap it up with dignity. But, you know, we're now still doing the Grand Tour, and it's like... I, I don't, you know, you just think, well, would, would we still be doing Top Gear? Would it have been... I don't know. I mean, it's... Yeah. it's, it's it's a hard one to work out, really. But and where you where they've landed with the grand tour of just doing a couple of specials mm. a year is mm. probably for the best at yes. this oh, point. Oh yeah, we couldn't do the show as it was. Yeah, yeah. Thing yeah. Really would be. Uh, light biased. How staged were the car versus random thing races? Editing always made them seem close, as is the job of editing. Mm. Uh, but the memory, his memory, always had enough. Blah blah blah. How staged were they? Oh, no. I mean, the so I think probably the Aston, because he's talking about those ones where it's like car versus train. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So the Aston one, yeah, Jeremy got there quite a bit before, because if you watch the closing piece to camera where he's leaning on the car outside a bar, I think he might have a glass of wine in his hand. He's, I think, visibly pissed yeah. in the British sense of the word. Because he sort of goes, but the main thing is, it's still a proper Aston. Like, oh, my God, he's like nine drinks in, because he had been waiting ages, and yeah, yeah. made it seem a bit closer. But then, was it the follow-up where they went to a ski resort, and it was Ferrari versus mm -hmm. Train? 6-12, I think. Yes. That... He went past them in the street as they were running to the finish line. That was absolutely legit. And wow. that was, and we, I mean, we couldn't believe our luck. 
But what went into those races increasingly was a lot of back timing. Mm-hmm. How will we make it as close as possible yeah. by just figuring it backwards from yeah. there? You have to set off at this time so that you will get to the train at this time because then you will only have to wait five minutes to get on the train. Yeah, you this. want a close race. So yeah, you, you're, you you're sneaking in ways in yeah. production oh, to make it. planning. Yeah. I once faked, cool. I mean, I once in 2009, I like that was like, you know, I peak Top Gear, and we're mm. trying to, at that time, do more produced videos before we realized there was literally no money in it. <laughs> so we did, the in the original Dodge Challenger, I drove from New York to Washington, D.C. We were going to do, do the Washington Monument, mm. and this other dude took a fucking train, and JF took a flight. Mm. And it I've was, just been working with JF. And, it was, it, and we literally nothing. did the thing. And I drove I won but and it was not faked at all and we didn't do any of the back yeah, shit yeah. and it was still like maybe 4 minutes Oh really Yeah and really JF hurts. was maybe like 6 or 7 minutes behind on a plane oh. like it was really close so okay. like it was kind of interesting Interesting yeah, yeah. Uh Kagan Viner uh favorite top gear or grand tour episode or challenge is favorite is your favorite for all 3 Um challenge god there's been a lot. Quite a recent Grand Tour one that I really, really liked. It was when they built a flat pack truck that was air dropped oh, yeah. on top of it. Yeah, yeah. And that it was, was it was I think what I liked about it was we didn't overproduce it. We just said, You've got to get out of here, you and it's all three of you in the car together, which gave a lovely dynamic to it because they were all really on form. And it was just, there was a sort of gentleness to it, but at the same time, this brutality of the landscape and the fighting through it and the beauty of the landscape. And I don't know, I just thought it had a warmth and a heart, and it was the kind of thing where you just go, this is these old fuckers still being able to do it. They can still do it when they want to, you know, really sort of pull something out. We just go, I'm enjoying this, and I have to work with them. It's like, it's so I, 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 that's one that sticks in the mind of recent memory. Mm-hmm. Everything else blurs into one. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one, the one clip that is the most influential clip for me in the history of car media is the original Ariel Adam film. I remember you saying that you that Which, was how you saw the That show was the first time I ever saw the show or mm. anything because it was, you know, you we were downloading them on fucking torrents here. Yeah. And and like it was like 2007 or something and mm. that was when I went, "Oh, that is that is something where it was really kind of visually and the writing and the the fucking visual his face getting all fucked up and yeah. and all that kind of stuff i was like oh this is an elevated form of this media again that just the luck of of us that show at that time because the face thing we didn't know about that yeah jeremy yeah. just realized it while he was driving up and down the runway and it was yeah. like but everyone remembers that yeah it was hilarious uh richard would you consider bringing back sniff petrol uh i I did sort of think about it the other day, and I don't know why, because I stopped doing it because I used to get up in the morning when I was, ju- it was just me, and I could get up in the morning and make myself a coffee and then think of some shit and post it, and that would be it for the day. And maybe I'd do another story later, perhaps. But I have small kids now, and I have more random and varied work going on than just going to the Top Gear office three or four days a week, which mm-hmm. is what I used to do. And it's just sort of work that, because I didn't really make any money off it, good shop window for my work right but it's like I, I, I don't know I also I sort of I, I've lost a bit of I don't know that cars are or motorsport is as funny no it probably is in that you've got some ridiculous characters still in motorsport and that's always funny you know you could lampoon Christian Horner all day <laughs> have you redirected that energy into the books because it seems like you're cranking out these really funny you know somewhat yeah. strange automotive books every two three years well that was a 
the boring car trivia, the original one was a reaction to being in lockdown, the first lockdown in the UK. Because, you know, I, didn't, I, I was very lucky that I did keep a bit of work going on. But I still had time. And also, it, it sounds really pompous, but I was like, I feel like I need to do something because a car Twitter, so British car Twitter, nice community. Generally, you don't get much dickheadery. It's just all quite warm and friendly and people like to nerd out. And I used to share occasionally nerdy facts because I used to, in my phone, you know, I'd been to a car event, interviewed an engineer and they'd said something off the cuff that was, I got one last night. I was sitting next to somebody for a bit of a thing and they, they told me some brilliant little nuggets of information about about some, something really obscure. And I was like, okay, now in that, that's... And I was like, I'm going to share these. And I thought, that's probably enough for a thin book. And the Amazon self-publishing platform is so good in terms of just getting stuff out there that looks reasonably professional. Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to do it. And it got such a great reaction. It sold. I was very proud of the fact that it outsold some books that I've done with proper publishers. <laughs> it was more a reflection on how badly they did at the time. Yeah. But it's even so. So I immediately I was like, I've got enough left over, I think, to sort of do a second one and then end up doing a third. I'm collecting stuff for a fourth, but I think I won't do it till next year. But it's just, it's partly because... The the joy of doing it for yourself, and it's so. I think if I did it with a publisher, they'd go, uh, probably wouldn't put boring in the title, a bit off putting. Yeah. And I'm like, no, nah, screw it. It, it hits to the target audience, mm -hmm. which is people who go, well, it's also the difference between like, you know, in, when we discovered YouTube versus like having going into meetings with cable fucking TV yeah, yeah. people yeah. and then going, well, this idea. And you go, well, I, can, I have a self publishing platform now, mm. so go fuck yourself. Yeah. If, it's, if it fails, it <laughs> fails. But. Um, I have I can hear the guy waiting for me downstairs, so I'm just okay. going to go with Daniel Berman's question, and we'll end there. Uh, do you think that people underappreciated how much of an effect Top Gear being on the BBC had on the show's character compared to the Grant Tour in Amazon? Um, uh, I noticed it right away. Yeah, that's a I I think that. Being on the BBC, we were the naughty kids sitting at the back of the school bus because right. the BBC is a very grown up. Not that Amazon isn't, but, you know, I think the BBC has certain... If you're British, you understand the BBC is a bedrock of the nation because it, you know, it tells you the news and it sort of uh, educates our children in, in things if you if you let your kids watch this sort of very, you know, well-made mm -hmm. programming of great quality and, and integrity. And then you've got this dicking around and we were always sort of trying to push the boundaries. And you can only push things if you think you're going to get told off by the grown-ups for it. If you know you're not, there's no fun in it if you're yeah. of that mentality. And we were, because we're children. And so it definitely did have that sort of... It was something to push against. It was the grit in the oyster, if you like. Well, that's what I've noticed when in the first seasons when they were doing studio sets and the grand tour and stuff versus when you didn't have the antagonism of this network that was fighting you all the time, mm. you know, that created a tension that was very useful There's in a lot of There's something else, though, that I think is at least as important, which is that we, old-fashioned telehads, of course, this is all gone now because everybody streams things. Mm. No, well, people don't really sit down and just watch TV when TV is on. But we were lucky that we were the sort of one of the last waves of TV where so we were Sunday night in the UK and you know and our heads were always in the UK. We were a British show made for a British audience. The fact that it sort of suddenly became global over time is 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 neither here nor there. We we were making it for people to then sit down on a Sunday evening and watch our our 
antics and whatever we've been up to. And because we made the studio on a Wednesday and it went out that Sunday, it felt very fresh. Mm-hmm. You were knowing as you bust your ass on the studio day in, in the hot or the extreme cold, because that studio was always the wrong temperature, that at least you got to see your homework presented on the telly that Sunday evening. Yeah. And that Monday morning, people were talking about it in the forums, in offices. You, you know, it's just sort of, it felt cycle. very immediate yeah. and very real. And now, you know, the grand tour goes out there and it's like, where is it? Who's watching it? When? What are they doing? And are they watching it in one go? Do they pause? Yeah. It just sort of feels like... Yeah, do they even give you the numbers? No. Yeah. They refuse. They never it's, like, it's a policy. You're doing well. Here's another one. Yeah, yeah. they told <laughs> us. They told us that the Scandi flick did as, uh, was doing really well, like really well. They were very, very pleased with mm-hmm. it. And, uh, but not... There's no actual measure on that compared to everything else. It's just... Trust us, it's doing well. Yeah, yeah. And they're a very data-driven company, so you know they know. Yeah, oh, yeah. of course. The oh, they right. could give, the they person. could give you a crazy spreadsheet with metrics yeah. you didn't even know were metrics if yeah. you wanted to. But then to. you could negotiate with that knowledge. Well, exactly. <laughs> so you go. Tell me the nine hundred ninety-four thousand six hundred forty-first person who yeah. watched it. Where do they live? Name, and they could tell you. Yeah, yeah. but they won't. Yeah. So you just have to live with that. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by, man. No, thanks for having me. I'm sorry we can't freeform it for eternity. <laughs> um, but uh, it's been great to see you. I'm glad yeah, we can make, make it happen today. And uh, for the live people, stick around because at uh, in an hour, we've got Mike Burrows from Stanceworks coming in to talk about that crazy Ferrari he built for SEMA, which I'm, I haven't seen him in a while. That'll be nice. And uh, for everyone else, I hope you've had a great Thanksgiving because this show will... Air. No, this one goes up today. Oh, this one goes up today. Oh, so right. I hope you okay. will have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we are off next week. We're taking a break for Thanksgiving. If you're um, listening to this later on then, and you're in Salt Lake City <laughs> Airport, and you're seeing a very disheveled, whiskey-sodden man who's missed his flight home, say, come and say hi. Come and say hello. Uh, of course, uh, where can people see all of your books to buy them? On sniffpetrol.com? Uh, no, I'm not that smart. They're all on Amazon. And I mean, no, there's, there's books. All the self-published ones are certainly on Amazon, because that's, that's... So just go on Amazon and look up Richard Porter. Yeah. Boring Car Trivia. Petrol, Boring Car Trivia. The then, Roy Lancaster book. Is that still there? Uh, yeah, the Roy Lancaster's How to Be a Motion Journalist is still there. And then I wrote, uh, again, during COVID times, I, I set myself a challenge to write a novel in a month. And it's, so it's a spoof Cold War thriller written by Roy oh. in the 80s <laughs> and awesome. left undiscovered. Um, and he puts far too much detail into describing how people get from one place to another and the engine capacity of their car, but then sort of skirts over major plot details. And there's a sex scene in it, which is absolutely terrible oh, and boy. involves the phrase muscular penis. <laughs> I'm very proud of it. And I'd like more people to buy it because right. it's a total piss take I have a lot more flights coming up I will buy it okay, for sure thank you thanks buddy and uh, thanks to our patrons and we'll see you guys very soon bye